Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Good afternoon, ladies and gents. What is up? And welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you for the next couple hours. Day one of Winnipeg Jets Development Camp. And we just got back, sorry for being a couple minutes behind, we just raced back from uh, the Iceplex, banged out the lock shop, and now it's time for a little WST. Great to see lots of Jets fans out at the Iceplex today. Special shout out to Bailey Weeb, the intern, a WST chat favorite, got to meet Bailey for the first time, and everyone else that came out and said hi today. Um, we're going to get to that. Jimmy Roy, uh, we got a chance to speak with Jimmy after the morning session. Uh, more about development camp, some of his observations, what he and the team and the organization are trying to deliver to the players this week. So we'll get to that coming up in just a couple minutes. And later on in the program, we'll have a little bit of Loren Brassois and Alex Iafalo, who met the media for the first time yesterday. Uh, Alafalo for the first time as a Winnipeg Jet and Loren Brassois as a returning Winnipeg Jet after uh, the, of course, signing of LB in free agency and uh, Alex Iafalo coming over as part of the PLD trade. We're also, it's a perfect day to have Shane Malloy on. We wanted to hook up with Shane on day two of the draft, but it was a very, very hectic day. We didn't end up making that happen. Shane's going to come on today, though. We'll get his thoughts on Colby Barlow, as well as some of the players right now that, you know, both from draftees this year and previous They'll be looking to make their mark in the Jets organization over the course of the next couple days. Of course, Bombers back at practice as well, getting ready to take on the Calgary Stampeders on Friday night and looking to go to 4-1 and one on the season. Now, it should be a great show. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press as well. Shane Malloy will hear from Iafalo and Loren Swad coming up, Jimmy Roy, in just a couple of minutes. Big shout-out to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Princess Auto. Of course, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, and the Gold Eyes. Boston Pizza, don't forget, another Blue Jays watch party tonight. This one's happening at the Henderson location. Big win for the Jays last night off that bomb from Vladdy Guerrero. Royal Sports, Consolidated Supply, Nick and Nikki DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershop. Let's get this show on the road and get Michael Remus in here. Reem, how are you? Yeah, I'm uh, a bit rushed here. Uh, you know, a bit of a different start to the show for us. Uh, some hockey. Nice to head out to the uh, Iceplex slash hockey. You know, named Hockey for All uh, Center there. A uh, bit of a trek out, but it's so nice to see, you know, a lot of fans us out there. As you mentioned, saw Bailey. I saw talk to Phyllis. Saw you taking some pictures. Uh, running Man. Came up to me, said hi, you know, some familiar faces from, from chat. I know Russ Lowen was there, but I did not meet him. And, um, yeah, good, you know, it's good to be back uh, in a rink and seeing these guys on the ice. So, um, nice morning for us. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a real good vibe out there. And as I mentioned just right off the hop, I mean, if you've got, uh, if you've got some kids that have got some uh, extra energy, you want to get out and maybe get out of the house right now with them on summer holidays. Highly recommend heading down. Obviously, it's completely free. Tons of parking. Saw my old pal Eric Music, who now has four little guys who are running around. Pretty excited to see um, the uh, future of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, obviously everyone that said hi, it was, it was a real fun atmosphere um, the, this morning. And Remo, I mean, from my perspective, it was great to be able to see both players like Colby Barlow um, that was just selected last week when we were down in Nashville. Uh, and I think the guy I think we were all most excited or interested to see um, was Rucker McGrory, who uh, got a chance to come here. And this, of course, will be the only time we really get to see Rucker as he is slated to go back to Michigan for a second year, which means that he won't be able to participate in Winnipeg Jets training camp. So um, everyone was out there today. And uh, I guess maybe the guy with the biggest smile on his face, although we couldn't necessarily see it behind his goalie mask, was Dom DiVincentis, the former seventh rounder of the Winnipeg Jets, the OHL goaltender of the year, who just signed a three-year entry-level contract with the club today. And uh, he and Thomas Milich uh, were out there. Um, and of course, Milich, who was just selected from the Seattle Thunderbirds, um, as well as uh, the uh, the other goaltender, the uh, previous pick, his name escapes me right now, Logan Neaton as well. Um, but yeah, Dom Divincentis gets his, his uh, three-year ELC. Uh, I would imagine he'll probably go back to junior um, because he's 19. Uh, different story with Milich, though. He will be able to play, presuming he signs a co uh, professional contract. He will be able to play uh, in the uh, in the national or in, well, professional, which would mean the Manitoba Moose in all likelihood uh, next year. But uh, tell you what, Rucker McGrory came as as uh, you know described, and he certainly delivered. He had an incredible energy about him on the ice and holy smokes can that guy shoot the puck and as much as he had great energy on the ice he had great energy off the ice i mean if there was one player that was um in high demand by the young fans that were there it was rucker and i counted at least four or five group pictures that he took just in a matter of the 15 meters from where he got off the rink to going down the hall to the dressing room and uh was very very generous with his time. Uh, smashed that, uh, flashed that million dollar smile, and made a lot of fans' days uh, down at the Iceplex today. Yeah, you know, sometimes I forget has how um, young these guys really are, and you have to be, you know, mature and and poised. I'm sure a lot of them aren't used to, you know, people maybe reaching out for autographs or watching you practice. But Rutger, uh, very well poised. I agree. Off the ice, on the ice, a couple guys standing for a first look, and I think the Jets' first look in person. At Nikita Chibrikov, uh, rocking number 90, if we're paying attention to development camp numbers. <laughs> us. But uh, the other guy really stood out to me on the ice. And I know that this is development camp. This is day one. And they're doing, like, drills where you're making donuts to start with your skates. I mean, what really takeaways can you have? But uh, Brad Lambert, I thought in some of the battle drills, uh, you could really see his speed, his quickness, uh, turning. And I'm curious what happens to him after... You know, an interesting year where he bounced around from so many different teams. You know, he was with the Moose. Uh, you know, what did go? He went to the World Juniors. He went junior. Uh, was had training camp with the Jets as well. I mean, what a season for him! Uh, winning the Memorial Cup with Seattle. So I'm curious what happens for him next season. And the other, you know, former first round pick Chaz Lucius was on the separate rank, shooting on goalies in a yellow non-contact jersey he's rocking the non-contact this year i mean he started with the moose then got sent to the whl where he was really tearing it up and then got injured and i think injuries have been a bit of a recurring theme for him unfortunately but he's still young and shows a 
a lot of promise. So as I feel like the the Jets prospects, I think you got to feel you know, now that they've added Colby Barlow to the mix, I think it would feel pretty good about how these prospects look compared to past season because so many of them were in the NHL as a couple of years ago. And this year there's more, I think, more, you know, bright light in the future as, you know, because the Jets, what, they went to the Western Conference final and didn't have a first-round pick. And, you know, maybe you whiff on, on a Veselinen pick, but it seems like the, the cupboard is uh, more stocked. Yeah, no, I, I would certainly agree with that. And, uh, again, you know, they had all the guys out there uh, initially and then split the forwards in the defense. And, you know, we in the media were more so in the forward group. Um, so I didn't get a chance to take a long look at the Elias Samonson. But I can tell you, and this dates back to a conversation I had with Jimmy Roy at a Moose game in the second half of the season. I mean, the organization so high on last year's draft class with Rucker and with Brad Lambert, but also with Elias Salmonson. And he is a player, and I listen, I have no idea whether there's any chance of him, you know, being here in North America this year or what the plan is for him. But I can tell you that they are very, very high with the way that he played last year against men in the Swedish league and how he projects to the uh, to the National Hockey League. You know what? This is a perfect time, actually, for our why not question of the day right off the bat, considering that, you know, the uh, the prospects are here. Um, I'd love to know uh, for uh, for not Autocorp overly at Waverly and McGilvery and let us know in the chat or if you're listening to this later on, send us a tweet at Sports Talk WPG. Which of the prospects here at camp are you most excited about looking ahead to their National Hockey League career? It's an interesting conversation online comparing Rutger and Brad Lambert. And I'm not sure. I think probably it was maybe a little bit more recency bias of Lambert uh, who was ahead of Rutger. Um, you know, of course, we all saw him play with the Seattle Thunderbirds and have that great run in the Western Hockey League when, you know, Rutger still had a monster rookie season uh, as a freshman at the University of Michigan. Um, but is it McGrory? Is it Brad Lambert? Is it Colby Barlow, who was picked first last year that, you know, pushed for 50 goals last year and is a 17-year-old captain in the Ontario Hockey League? Or is it somebody else? Because as you mentioned, Reem, I mean, some of those big names in the first rounders get a lot of the attention. Um, But we've got, you know, some real talented young goaltenders. Elias Samonson, who was there, uh, you know, was out there as well. And then, you know, a few other players that, um, you know, we haven't talked as much about. um, But a guy like Danny Zilkin, who, you know, has played very, very well at the OHL level. And I do believe I confirm, I was asking Scott Brown, he's got a late 03 birthday. If he's eligible to play in the American league this year. And I do believe he is. So let us know in the chat of, uh, of all the prospects that are out for development camp, which one are you most excited for when it comes to their uh, potential in the national hockey league? And uh, I'll tell you what, I think I can make an argument that there's a bunch of guys that would be worthy for a vote for the not question of the day. Reem. Yeah. I don't know if T Kona Pauly's in chat, but I know that he's going to say Tyrell Bauer. Bauer. He's been tooting his horn, uh, you know, for a while. I was going to mention Danny Jelkin actually, you know, he was what the pick from the Andrew cop trade um, that they made. And, he spent last year with part of the year with Guelph and then Kitchener, what are you, 26 and 25 with Guelph, 30 and 35. And he's definitely been an interesting uh, name. And 
uh, and I mentioned, I just mentioned him, but Nikita Chibrikov, who they signed and looking at what the Jets game at the end of the year. And I do wonder, uh, you know, what he's going to bring to the Manitoba Moose this season. And I think, you know, if you're a goalie lover, I think there's a lot of intrigue for goalies. Thomas Milich, you know, is a late pick this year, uh, won the Memorial Cup with Seattle and Dom Divincentis, who got the ELC seventh. I remember his, what a draft story he was last year, seventh round pick, 207 overall. Waiting all that time, Dom Divincevitz with North Bay uh, getting selected by the Jets. And then this year, just what an incredible year he had. Um, what, OHL goalie of the year? So, I'm, you know, there wasn't a lot. You know, we say, who's the goalie if they trade Hellbuck? They don't, I don't think they have anyone immediately now. They just signed Brossois. But, you know, down the road, maybe one of those guys could take the reins. So, uh, you know, they're handing out. Um, what program? I don't know if it was a program, but it was nice of the security there handing out the sheets with all the players getting a look at the numbers. So really nice, uh, really nice event. And just the draft picks this year, the one who you we spoke with, uh, Zach Naring, uh, he was in on the ice from uh, Minot, North Dakota, spending last year at Shattuck St. Mary's. That is a big uh, dude on the ice, huh? And I don't know if they have C power forward. Potential with him for third round pick this year. Uh, would it be nice to have a, you know, we're waiting for a nice local, kind of local, right? Minot, he's got family in Winnipeg. That counts. Uh, a local yeah. player player on the Jets. We haven't really had, I know we had Eric Fair, but Derek Meach, we haven't had one in a while. Um, Cody Eakin. Would be nice to have that local flavor, I think. Well, for sure. Uh, listen, as much as it's great to know where the guys are from, I think what's most important that they want to really become part of this organization and part of this community. We certainly heard that with the very memorable interview we had with Colby Barlow shortly after he was drafted. Um, and I'll tell you what, I mean, Rucker McGrory for a guy that hadn't been here yet, um, already pretty darn popular with Winnipeg Jet fans. And uh, as I say, he's got that smile. He's got a lot of energy, had a ton of time for fans and, you know, just as I was sitting back watching who, you know, some of the kids and the people there were sort of clamoring for, Rucker certainly seemed to be uh, to be at the at the top of the list. Well, he's got, I think he's got that name too. Like maybe the best name in hockey. And I, I wonder how many uh, Rutgers are going to be born in in Winnipeg. And then I think it be, you know shoots up the rankings for popular baby names in the next like what five. Six, seven years. Can we see more Rutgers here? But I agree. He seemed, you know, we got the poll out now. Which prospect? We got 92 votes in. Rutger leading only barely. It's very tight. has between Rutger, Brad, and Colby Barlow. Others got 5%. So, um, you know, I think there's definitely more intrigue this year than past years. Oh, yeah, because sorry, this is the first development camp in a number of years because they couldn't have one. So uh, this is, uh, you know, a really nice summer event. Um, after the draft, bring everyone together. And I think for the team, Huss, you know, it does, you, you know, you're going to be playing with these guys in the NHL. You hope you are, and you become familiar. You know, you get to spend time in the room. And so when you do, are there for training camp, you know, you have some existing relationships. And Jimmy Roy did speak a lot about relationships when he uh, addressed the media after uh, the skate. Yeah, no doubt. Now, um, and we'll get to Jimmy Roy in just a minute. Tristan Rivers is an interesting uh, comment. Maybe not as exciting as the skaters, but I'm pretty interested in the group of goalies. Um, and yeah, and I mean, obviously, Neaton maybe a little less of a um, name to Winnipeg Jet fans, but uh, and certainly considerably older. I mean, he's a 99 
playing at Miami in the uh, yeah. uh, in, 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 in CHC. But, I mean, the two young men that, you know, were out there as well, I mean, DiVincentis had that monster season, 36-9-2, with a 9-19 goals against average and a 2-3-3 goals against average. And then Thomas Milich's numbers, and again, he was playing on an unbelievable team, but 27-3-1, 9-28 save percentage, a 2-0-8 goals against average. And in the playoffs was 16 and three with a 933 and a 1.95 goals against average. Um, listen, if you're just looking at the numbers, the Winnipeg Jets have two very, very exciting young goaltending prospects. And I think with all the speculation and intrigue as to the future of Connor Hellebuck, that's a very, very important thing for this uh, for this organization to have. Listen, Shane Malloy is going to come up. We'll talk more about some of these young players within the organization. But uh, let's hear a little bit from Jimmy Roy, who is uh, you know, one of the key development uh, staff members of the Winnipeg Jets, along with Mike Keene, uh, was playing a central role today. And uh, here's just Jimmy Roy on uh, you know, having this development camp back for the first time in three years. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done it. Um, you know, I think for coaches and management and everybody to see some of the players that we've drafted on ice or in person and uh, work on building those relationships with these kids and um, they get to come in and see our environment and um, see what we're about. I think it's it's pretty special since we haven't done it in so long, so it's, it's really enjoyable. Glad you mentioned relationships because I wanted to ask you about the speech that was uh, <laughs> yeah, making quite an impression on social media. Did you write that yourself or did you steal some uh, some lines there from people? I, I don't know. I think when you, you kind of speak from the heart a little bit, it, it uh, hits home with some people, or maybe it's easier to speak. But I, I think it's a really important part with this group um, of players because we haven't had a development camp in so long um, for these players to come in and, and be able to talk to each other about where they played or, uh, um, you know, people they know, uh, you know, common friends and stuff like that. It, that's what builds relationships. And, and it's an important part of, of, of hockey, you know, what happens in the locker room and trust and respect. And um, I I just think relationships are really important for players. All right, there's a little bit of Jimmy Roy. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, pretty cool speech from uh, from JR to the young men to uh, begin training camp as well. Uh, here's a little clip from Jimmy, uh, and again, on what he saw on the ice. And again, I mean, uh, this is not this is more learning, I think, for the players than it is any sort of a, a competition for uh, spots or anything like that. Today isn't about any of the on ice or, or what happens. It's good to be able to be on ice with the players where they're comfortable in their own environment. And, and um, you know, you, you can talk to them about certain things on the ice and stuff. But the on ice portion is more about teaching the details of the game and, and really slowing it down. And whether it's skating and working on your edges or things you need to work on in the, in the summertime, if it's, you know, passes and cutbacks or certain things that they can take with them when they work on things in the summertime. It's, you know, they're into individual development it's not systems it's not um, x's and o's or anything that happens about their individual game uh more from jimmy roy who uh, also described from the organization's perspective what development camp is all about for these young players it, it is about development it is about the individual um skill level development of players and and when i'm talking skill i'm not talking about you know picking up the puck and doing the michigan play or doing things like that i'm talking about little things about you know coming out of corners where you're moving your feet getting your head up and being able to make a pass on the tape um there's some skilled things that when you do it at a high level or you do it under pressure or you're doing it with speed because as you level up things get harder and harder and harder 
harder and you have to work on those things um, so that's what we're trying to you know get kids involved with right now I imagine off-ice skills are important as well right dealing with the media dealing with fans social media those yeah. are all components which I know you've integrated into what you talked about yeah for sure I mean uh, you know media presentations, nutrition presentations, um, mental wellness, mental preparation, um, mental strength, uh, you know, the skills side of things, all those are very important. And, and you know, it's nothing new for a lot of kids. Um, it's about them um, kind of being their own coach and what they can take away from this to be able to work on it on their own um, when they get in their own environment, whether if they're back at school or back at junior with the moose or whatever, and, and understanding how to develop themselves because you don't always have a coach there to push you and you have to learn to do it yourself. And here's uh, one more quick one from Jimmy. It was an interesting uh, answer on uh, what he hopes the players, when this is all said and done, take away from Winnipeg and their first development camp. Whether a player is a first-round pick or um, a free agent invitee, what do you hope these young men leave this experience this week with? I hope they can take something from this camp that they can implement in their game, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Um, you know, I tell kids, take a couple things, you know, you're not going to remember everything that was said from every coach, um, but take a couple things, use the opportunity to talk to our NHL coaches, talk to our American League coaches, talk to our the, the, the mental skills coach we have in, talk to uh, um, myself and Keener and keep working on these relationships. Take something from it so that you can use that and implement it in your own game. Whether you're a college free agent, whether you're one of our own players, um, it's something they, they need to do. All right, good stuff from Jimmy Roy from the first day of Jets Development Camp, and what a perfect guest we've got to talk about many of these young players. Shane Malloy is jumping on with us in just to, uh, just a second. Just before we do that, Got to thank our friends at Modern Men Barbershops for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Modern Men Barbershops now have eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Modern Man offers a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. Cool down for a couple days. Uh, but we're going to be heating up again for the weekend. Folk Fest coming up. And, of course, everyone loving to jump in a pool right now. Why not make 2023 the year you take the plunge with AquaTech and visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And a whole home renovation start with AquaTech as well. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech's ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Uh, well, the summer is here. Many of you are taking time off with your families to get out and enjoy this Manitoba summer. One thing you absolutely need is batteries to power everything that is powering your summer fun. And the other thing you need to do is the time to get it. Well, Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery have you covered with batteries for literally everything you could possibly need to dominate the summer at the best prices in town. Manitoba Battery is going to help you shop local, beat the pants off the big box stores with their pricing, and save you time and money with the most convenient buying experience around. Because with any purchase over 60 bucks, Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere within the perimeter of the city of Winnipeg. It's that easy and that simple. Head on over to manitobabattery.com. Check out everything they've got. Give them a call if you'd like. They can take care of you that way. Or 
pop down and see him at 1026 Logan Avenue. Uh, Manitoba Battery, dominating the battery game, helping you save time and money and making the most of your summer. And just before we bring in Shane, big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Canadian Club and ginger ales in hands of Bomber fans coming up on Friday night at IG Field. Of course, Canadian Club is Canada's favorite whiskey and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can pick up Canadian Club at your favorite Manitoba Liquor Mart and throughout IG Field. And of course, Canadian Club and Ginger Ale is now available in 473 milliliter cans at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart and your favorite beer vendor. All right. Well, I had so many great conversations with this next guest at the draft and we were hoping to hook up on day two. There was lots going on. We had to leave, but I think this might work out even better to talk about what happened at the draft as well as some of these intriguing prospects the Jets have. Let's welcome in our guy. You know it from Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM and much more. Maybe the most interesting man in the scouting game. The one and only Shane Malloy. What's up, Shane? How are you? Doing great. I like that uh, your advertisement for for the Blue Bombers fans. So, you know, you can get the Canadian club and they're going to get bombed at the Bombers game. So look <laughs> out for any opposition fans coming into that building. So in the, you've obviously seen the uh, scenes of the rum hut on TSA. I have the games many are playing times. Right now. It's, uh, it is a great, great time. Um, I, you know, overall, I, just before we get to some of these players from uh, from development camp, um, it was great to see you there. I always love talking to you about some of these young players. What were specifically to the first round before we talk about Colby Barlow and the Winnipeg Jets? Um, what did you make of the way things shook out? Um, I think most people thought Fantilli would go number two. He ended up going number three. Um, did it go as you thought it would, or uh, were there some big surprises for you? I think it really, where things start to kind of go diverge is really after 20. 2021, 20, 22, uh, because actually the probability of a player playing 200 games or more in the NHL drops at 23. So that's where teams that are more risk averse will take a safer player. And then the ones that have a pretty deep pool have the willingness to swing for the fences once in a while. So you look at, you know, Carolina at 30 with uh, Bradley Nadeau out of the BC Hockey League, they can swing for the fence on him because He's also going to go to the University of Maine, probably play three years. So, you know, he has a longer uh, track for development. You don't have to rush him into the American Hockey League right away. And, and, you know, if you ever had conversations with Jimmy Roy or any other development staff, they'll tell you that American Leagues, that's a tough league to get into, especially as a 20-year-old. So if you can push those players a little farther down the road to 21, 22, even if they are what they call a first-round pick, I think it's beneficial. I think that sometimes is a false narrative. I don't use first round or second round. I always use the number they're drafted because it really actually gives a truer indication of where the value of that player based on the team that took them instead of first round. Because what does what does that come to mind for you when you see think first round? You think top six player, you know, top three defenseman, number one goalie, and that's not just always the case of how it plays out. No, it is a uh, it is a great point. Um, you know, one of the things that, I, and again, I mean, I, I'm not a scout, but I spent plenty of time looking at your work and many of the others in the industry. Just when it comes to the guys from Manitoba teams, um, Nate Danielson goes nine to the Detroit Red Wings, and Zach Benson, who I think was for the most part considered 
a top a 10 better, for sure. A, a yeah. better prospect goes at, at, at 13 to Buffalo, although he was pretty fired up. I mean, he's going to be there with his buddy Matt Savoy, his former captain, Peyton Krebs. But um, maybe just a quick comment on the landing spots for both Benson and Nate Danielson from the Ice and Wheaties, respectively. Well, from Danielson, it was a little bit divergent in terms of do you rate him on his ceiling? Do you rate him on his floor? Or do you rate him on the average? And I went floor. So I had him at the end of the first round. I think I had him 28th or 29th off the top of my head. I can't remember. You know, and other, other people had him the ceiling. Or you could just go the you can go right in the middle. So to me, I was looking at him as a 2-3. If it works out, he's a 2. If it doesn't, he's a 3. But he has such a high floor he's going to play. Like I had a really high probability of him playing more than 200 games. So as that, as that type of player, I think he had some versatility and a lot of different skill sets. Would I have taken him at nine? No, I think there was some other skill on the board that I would have taken higher. And then if you look at Zach Benson, one of the things that was a bit of a theme in this draft class is a lot of smaller skilled, not great skating forwards. And then how many of those actually play in the NHL? How many of those play in the playoffs and are successful? Now, I think Zach Benson has the hockey sense, puck skills, tenacity, work ethic to be able to overcome that. And his skating will get better. But that is that was the hesitation in this year's draft as there seemed to be a lot of those types of forwards. And you started seeing, you know, the Jaden Perrons of the world and guys like that. Andrew Crystal dropping into the second round because teams weren't willing to take that risk. Yeah, Crystal was a fascinating prospect because he, I mean, I even heard Connor Bedard talking about him as a guy that. Yes, because they know each other, they're friends. Yeah. And and Crystal was, I guess he's just a smaller player that doesn't have that elite speed. But other than that, I mean, hands, hockey He's got everything else but speed. You know, his work work rate is pretty good. Um, You know, he obviously is not going to engage because he's, you know, when you're that small, you're not going to try to take that level of punishment. I thought he played too many minutes down the stretch and it started to really wear on him. But hockey sense, puck skills, shooting ability, playmaking ability, all very, very good to excellent. It's just a matter of when you're that small and you can't move at the speed that you need to, he's really going to have to up his two and three step quickness and his ability to, you know, in a straight line, he's got to be able to like hustle. So I'm curious to see how that sort of plays out, which is why you saw him draft get drafted into the second round because it was worth taking a swing at that point. Because if he can, and what the other thing is, it doesn't put any pressure on him. If he was a first round pick, there's pressure on the team to get him into the AHL sooner, to get into the NHL sooner. If you're a second round pick, you kind of get not forgotten about, but there's less emphasis on you. So it gives you an extra year or two years before you have to bump into other leagues. And I think that's really important for his development. Shane Malloy is with us here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Now, as you predicted to me off the air, heading into round one, the Winnipeg Jets were going to have some choices of some pretty good players at 18. And as the draft shook out, Detroit takes Axel Sandin Palika at 17, and the Winnipeg Jets have Colby Barlow available, Oliver Moore available, Gabriel Perot available. They end up going with Colby Barlow, and I can tell you, having interviewed him right after he was picked, he uh, he hit a home run in the interview portion when it came to um, you know the Winni- the message to Winnipeg Jet fans. 
Um, and, you know, you look at his numbers. I mean, the guy can score. He had, what, 46 goals in 53 games, I believe, last year. Um, but you've spent a lot of time watching this player, comparing him to others. What is Winnipeg getting in Colby Barlow? You're getting a character. You're getting a potential captain. You're getting a guy who's going to drag you into the fight, whether you want to or not. And you actually will want to because he's so engaging and charismatic as a person. And I'm sure, you know, the Winnipeg fans got that. We got that when we interviewed him uh, as he came off the stage when we were on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio. You know, and the other thing about Colby is, is he's a guy who's going to play in the greasy areas. He's going to go to the net. He's going to win battles. He's going to wear down defensemen. He's got a great shot. He's going to score greasy goals. He's going to score playoff goals. And he, it was actually interesting. I asked him a question about Rutger McGordy, uh, Winnipeg's last year pick. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with his game. I know his game. And I go, he goes, we're going to be great together. It's going to be so much fun. He goes, I can't wait to play with him. Because we're going to just, we're going to be a duo that's going to cause a lot of people havoc. Like he just intentionally wants to be havoc creator in that respect. And what he's going to do is be able to create time and space for those skilled forwards around him. The Ealers of the world, the Profetis of the world, when defenders have to draw to him, because they have to, because if you don't, he's going to score on you in tight. I really like the pick because it's a, it's a character pick for Winnipeg. And he's a guy who's going to wave the banner of Winnipeg. He's going to be proud to be there. He wants to be there. A lot of guys will say, yeah, I'm happy to be there, but you can see it in his face. Like you can't disguise, you know, when the eyes dilate and, you know, he has the, his body language, it just screamed. I can't wait to go to Winnipeg. Cause it's, he's a bit of a, he's got some piss and vinegar in him and he likes to say up yours. Right. And that's like, when you live in a smaller city comparative to the other NHL cities, Winnipeg has a little bit of that too. And that's great. I like that about Jets fans, right? So he fits the mold of the Winnipeg Jets, and I, I could see him be there for a long, long time. Well, it, it, it's funny you say that because, uh, I mean, I, I simply asked him what was it like to hear your, your name called by the Jets in the first round. And literally the first thing he said, Shane, was that, hey, I'm a Canadian kid. I am so pumped to be coming to a Canadian team. And as I say, I know these prospects are coached, and, you know, if the cynic in you can say, oh, well, anyone can say that, but it really did seem genuine. And, I mean, he said a similar thing to you right now. And and it's funny you mentioned Rucker McGrory because I finished the interview. I turned around to Jamie Thomas and Remus, and I'm like, that just feels like Rucker 2.0. Um, 100%. Uh, I mean, these – and let's face it. We know that there's been plenty of discussion about – what the Winnipeg Jets culture was the last few years. And obviously with the bio Blake Wheeler looking to really sort of turn the page. Um, I know it's a lot to expect of, you know, players this young to sort of be culture carriers of a professional team. But I have to admit when these guys get to the national hockey league and our Winnipeg Jets, it can only be great for the atmosphere around that hockey club, both in the dressing room. And I'd say in the community with their fans as well. Well, they embrace it. It's part of their personality. They actually want to do it. It's not that, you know, they're asked to do it and they do it because they're obligated. They actually want to do it. It's important to them. It's part of their identity as people. And those are the kind of players that you need to have. If you look around Stanley Cup winners, you're always going to have a couple guys like that. You know, how much, and I'm not saying Colby Barlow is going to be offensive or Rodgers is going to be as offensively talented as the Tuchuk brothers, but those two the Chuck brothers bring an element to the franchise on and off the ice. That's infectious. 
that want you want to follow them into the into the fray head first you know it it helps other guys who are uncertain this is why you want to be here we're going to be the small market team that surprises everybody and we're going to win because i like as much as people say oh toronto will go bananas if they win the cup because this hasn't happened since 67 i think winnipeg's party will be better and i would fly in on purpose just to hang out with you at that party because that would be absolutely bananas uh, I, I love it. Um, you know, speaking of Rutger, um, because I think we'll always be connecting these two players and making their connections. I mean, Rutger and Lambert will all be always be connected because they were both first rounders in the same year. But the similarities of what Rutger McGrory and Colby Barlow bring to the uh, bring to the table, um, both on the ice and off the ice, seem to be quite uh, quite clear. Um, we had a great chat about Rutger in the pick last year, Shane. And you paid quite attention to the University of Michigan with Fantilli and the other prospects there. What can you tell us about his growth over the last 12 months and where Rucker McGrody is right now as he enters his first development camp here in the peg? Well, what I'm really intrigued by is just his, his work rate went higher and it was about his skating base. And if that could improve, he just needs to be average. He just needs to be an average skater. And I think, it, you know, if he's that at the NHL level, his his other abilities are going to make, make him a really tough player to play against. Because you can play with pace and speed by using the puck and using give and go. Look at Mark Stone. Is he a fast forward? No. Is Tyler Toffoli? No. But they understand how to skate the game effectively. And now something we talked to Jimmy Roy about specifically is about helping them understand when to change their speeds, when to take certain angles. And where you want the where you want to go to where the puck is, and you know so they're both those players, particularly Rudker and and so is Colby. They like to play below the, the bottom of the dots in the greasy areas. Honestly, I think both of those guys are going to be the Bash brothers. They're the Bash brothers for Winnipeg Jets. Wait till they're like 22, 23. They're going to be an absolute menace. No one's going to want to play them. Nobody. And it's going to be fun to watch, and the fans are going to go bananas over them. Like there's going to be posters and signs, bash brothers, because they're just going to be chaos in front of that. Poor goalies, poor defensemen. I almost feel bad for them. Almost. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of jet fans having a tough time containing their smiles right now. Listening to this. Um, Brad Lambert had a really weird year. Um, He played on, you know, a number of different leagues, finished very strong with Seattle, uh, winning a WHL championship and going to the Memorial cup. Um, he spent some time in the American League. He went to the World Juniors. Um, wh- what did you make of his last season and his readiness to make the transition to the pro game full-time right now, Shane? I think it was really important for him to get a taste of the American League and understand what he needs to do. Like, What kind of, what kind of game do I play? How can I be successful at the pro level in, in North America? Because obviously the ice service dimensions, the style of game is a little bit different, obviously, from Finland. But what I liked is that he got to go play in Seattle and be the man, be one of the top players, and let's make a long run. I think it was really good for his confidence. Uh, of course, playing for your country is really important because that there's a, a pride element to that. Uh, and I think it was just like he needed some stability. You know what he did? He's really needed some love from the Winnipeg Jets organization. And I think they gave that to him. When I had a conversation with Jimmy about that, he goes, no, he was just – he went through a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of – like." outside noise expectations of him that really, you know, weighed on him heavily. Right. And he admitted that. And, you know, I think Jimmy 
and, and the rest of the development staff really said, let's have a clean slate. What happened yesterday doesn't matter anymore because you can't do anything about it. So let's work on something positive and let's work on some stuff here and let's have a really good season. Let's get you a lot of different opportunities and build up your confidence and make you feel good about your game and about yourself. And let's head back into the off season, get a good training in, and then let's start fresh. And I think that was a really good mindset for, for Brad in that respect. Um, one of the other guys I wanted to ask you that I'll, I'll be honest, we were at development camp this morning and we were focusing more on the forwards because they split the forwards and the D on different pads. But I was telling the chat earlier and everyone with us that I um, hooked up with Jimmy Roy at a moose game and we were, talking about a whole bunch of stuff uh, in the second half of the season. And he could not stop raving. Uh, they were so excited about so many of the players from last year's draft. But Elias Salmonson, um, the Swedish defenseman, was a guy that, listen, I mean, honestly, we're not paying that much attention to what's happening in Sweden throughout the year. He was a little right. bit more off the radar. He talked about his development, how he played with men, and his readiness to become a player that could be a very good blue liner for a long, long time. What do you knew about uh, Elias, even from his draft year and, and anything you can tell us on how he progressed over the last 12 months? Well, I think it was really important for him. You know, obviously he played, he split between um, J20 and the Swedish elite league. J20 is, you know, he was too good for that league. It's a little bit more chaotic um, in that respect. And the Swedish elite league is far more structured in that, in that respect. And I think what he did was he settled his game down in terms of understanding. So when you have defensemen, you know, in the J20, they can get away with a lot of things when moving the puck and the Swedish elite league, you can't. And for him, it's really understanding the first option is generally 90% of the time, your best option. So when you go and retrieve the puck, what's your first option? Move it cleanly and then move to a position where you can, you know, be an option for either the defenseman that you pass it to or one of the forwards. And I think that part of his game really cleaned up nicely is, you know, his puck retrieval for me, for defensemen, retrieve pucks, you got to exit clean. It doesn't have to be sexy. It's got to be clean, right? Uh, because, you know, in the NHL players are almost always where they're supposed to be. And when you start to recognize that, I thought that part of his game um, really got better. And I thought he did a better job of understanding how to use leverage in terms of defending down low, getting underneath armpits and leaning on hips and getting better body position and boxing guys out. I thought that improved this year as well. So once again, he's a young D-man. So I'd like to see him play. I think he turns 19 in August. So he's a late birthday. He's still a young kid. So I think he should play two more years in the Swedish Elite League and then come over and then into, cause I don't like seeing young defensemen being thrown to the walls of the American league. It's just too tough. Like it's just defense is the hardest position to learn in the American league. It's the hardest. Like those forwards are, you know, tenacious, fast gaining, highly skilled. It's the second best league in the world. So give them a little bit more time, but you know, they got something there. And I understand why Jimmy's really excited about them. You know, I was basically going to ask you that, but I mean, how would you compare <laughs> the American hockey league to something like the, uh, the Swedish elite league. Um, and what would the different challenges be for, you know, a young, I mean, yeah, August 31st. I mean, he's basically when training camp opens, he's going to be having his 19th birthday when it comes to, and again, the goal of this is to prepare these young men to succeed when they get to the national hockey league. I mean, from your perspective, Shane, for a young Swede, um, you know, the differences between coming over here, learning the North American game, 
um, or really excelling at the, uh, you know, over in Europe? Well, the difference is, is just the angles obviously are different. The speed at the play, uh, more play at the net uh, from that standpoint. So that those are three big factors in terms of defensemen. So you have to understand how you take your angles. Your gap has to be a little bit different than the Swedish Elite League because you have more space wide. Um, there's less combativeness around the net in that respect because players have more time and space. So it's really about you got to redefine his habits because you have a little bit different habits when you play in the Swedish Elite League than you would in the American League based on that. So it's one of the things that's like it's not as bad as junior, right, where junior hockey most – defensemen or forwards have some bad junior habits because they can get away with a lot and you can't get away with that at all in the American league. So from that respect, that's really, to me is that a really defining moment about how quickly he can adapt his habits to the American hockey league. Um, as he, once he comes over from the Swedish elite league, and I think he should just leave him there for a couple of years. There's no reason to rush him. Shane Malloy with us, hockey prospect radio. Shane, I've got to ask you about the goaltending prospects and maybe just first off, speak to the challenges of, scouting goalies um <laughs> you mean be- my challenges or just in general well just in general like <laughs> like the jets picked dom divincentis who signed his three-year elc today in the seventh round he puts up insane numbers as the ohl goaltender of the year and i'm still trying to figure out how thomas millich was passed over twice and was available for the jets in the fifth round when you look at the incredible resume he's crafted as a whl uh all-star I'm not a goaltending scout. I'm totally honest about that. The best thing I can evaluate for goaltenders is their mental emotional side. If they're not in good enough shape and they start to break down, I have conversations with them. You can see it in their body language. You can see it in their uh, structure in terms of standing up tall. But other than that, the actual mechanics of it, that's why I lean on Brad Allen, my co-host, because he's a goalie scout, a couple of other guys that I knock on doors to ask because it's such a technical um, position. And I think you, I think every NHL team needs to have two or three guys who are just specifically goalie scouts, because for the rest of us, it's, I might as well throw darts at a dartboard. Like I can probably get the first top three guys, but maybe even then my evaluation is incorrect. And my, my upside is incorrect. It's so hard, Andrew. Uh, I don't even bother to even attempt to fake it because you just look like an ass, right? So I just, I refer to other people and I learn as much as I possibly can. I mean, it just seems, uh, I mean, at a certain point, these guys are judged on what they do in the net. And, you know, we were comparing the numbers between Divincentis and Millich last year. And I mean, the guy with the worst numbers was 36, 9, and 2, a 919 save percentage and a 233 goals against average, and the best goalie in his league. Like, it, it, it something just doesn't compute. Although, Connor well, Hellebuck was a fifth rounder as well. This happens all the time, doesn't it? Well, it's environment. You know, the environment you're playing in, the system you're playing in, your system you're playing that's being played in front of you, the quality of your team in front of you. You know, Milich was lucky. He had the best team in the Western Hockey League, arguably the best team in the CHL to be honest, if they hadn't been so beat up, I think they would have won the Memorial cup. So that translates to like, sometimes the numbers are very deceiving when it comes to goaltenders. That's one of the things I learned is don't just lean on the numbers because it, uh, it will smack you hard in places. You don't want to be smacked. <laughs> so that's uh goaltenders are, are voodoo to me in that respect, but I'm, I'm working on it slowly. 
Well, I, I can tell you, Shane, this is a perfect time to get you on, and people have been really appreciating your visit. I guess just finally on the way out, I mean, there's a number of players we didn't mention, but when you look at the prospect cupboard that the Winnipeg Jets have built, led by Barlow and McGrory and Lambert, um, would you, I'm not necessarily even needing you to compare it to the rest of the National Hockey League, but from an organizational perspective, how bright is the future for the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to these young men that are at this camp right now? Off the top of my head, I, I it would be fair to say they're probably 10th in terms of quality and quantity, maybe higher. I mean, Chibrikov's a player. So Perfetti's already turned into a player. Chaz Lucius, Lambert, Solomonson, Gordy, like Barlow. They got some guys coming. Like it's going to be, you know, and you know, a couple other guys are beginning to get the next steps. Gustafson is starting to come through. Right. There's some guys like it really, you know, for, you got to be patient with prospects. It's really five to seven years, five to seven years before you really understand what you have. Some guys get in a little sooner. They'll get into the NHL, but doesn't mean they're thriving. In many cases, they're surviving. So patience is the key. The, the organizations who have the most patience really end up long term coming out ahead. Shane, this has been so much fun. Uh, what do you have cooking for the summer? I mean, are you guys going to still be uh, on Sirius XM a little bit or uh, take well, a little get, bit of time uh, off? Get ready for this. This weekend, <laughs> we have, we're doing four two-hour draft review shows. Each division is getting two hours each. So we've already done the uh, Winnipeg's, the Central. So that's up on a podcast already. We're gonna do, we're I've already recorded two more. They're gonna come up soon, and a fourth one will be done tomorrow. So you'll have eight hours of draft review. So uh, they're listened to on SiriusXM NHL Network Radio Channel ninety one, or on the SiriusXM app, or you can catch it up on download. We're Google, Spotify, we're everywhere, or you can find it on uh, HockeyProspectRadio.com, and we have a YouTube channel as well. So. If you miss it, don't worry. It's going to be out there. Eight hours, a draft review. We could do more, but, you know, we had to cut it off at some point. You certainly could. You're the best, man. It was so great seeing you in Nashville. Thanks so much for your time. And I can tell you, not only us, but uh, all the Jet fans in the chat really appreciate you jumping on today. Anytime. Jet fans are great. <laughs> Take it easy. And we got that cold one for you. When you come to Winnipeg, you let us know. Nice. <clears throat> right on. There's Shane Malloy. Hockey Prospect Radio, and I definitely check that out specifically for the Central Division, but I would highly recommend you do all three. All right, a couple special guests coming up in just a moment. Uh, Got to thank our friends at Vita Health who have great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too, with barbecue season in full swing. Get on down to Vita Health and stock up on some delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And, of course, they've got Guardian of Life formulas like Prostate Protect and Once Daily Men's to help support men's gastrointestinal health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations and online with local delivery options at myvita.ca. Our friends at Wallace & Wallace are rocking this summer as Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist since 1946. If your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or if winter did a number on your old one, give them a call. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Give them a buzz at 452-2700. The Wallace & Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. You can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Caniston. 
Um, hey, our friends at F Apparel are ready for the summer and wedding season. Are you? If you need to up your menswear game right now, get on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding party, talk to them about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel. F's down at 190 Smith Street. Pop down and see them in person or find out more online or make an appointment at F. That's E-P-H Apparel. Com. And hey, a big shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk and a special happy birthday to Nick. We had a big one yesterday along with his twin brother. Um, and I'm sure they were crushing some of those delicious new summer blizzard flavors and maybe a blizzard cake for the big day for DQ Nick. Of course, if you do have a party coming up, you can order a custom blizzard or ice cream cake on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Otherwise, pop by and see him at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, or DQ Neverville. All right, let's welcome in our special guest today, accompanied by Mike McIntyre. I believe Piper is back on WST. Mike, what is going on? Great to see everyone in the chat. We'll lose it right now. It's been a minute since we saw your lovely companion. <laughs> Yeah, she's, uh, I just got back from the Iceplex, so she's usually very um, cuddly, very clingy when I've been out, out of the house for a little bit, so she's feeling extra affectionate right now uh, because I had, to, I had to be out of the house this morning, um, but she's happy to see all her fans at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Piper appreciates all the folks who, who reach out and... Uh, uh, she's quite the she's quite the cutie pie, that's for sure. The entire chat is just we love Piper, 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 and a Dan Jets fan even popping in the Piper emoji that Beauty. Viva put forth, and of course she is beautiful as well. Um, well, listen, Piper can hang out as long as she sure. wants, that's for sure. Um, what do you think? You know, just before we get to individual players or anything. With where the Jets are as an organization, with the challenges that they're trying to work through, with the moves that are being made to sort of, I really think, turn the page on the past and create a new culture, um, man, there was a good vibe around the Iceplex today. Players, staff members, media, fans. Um, I think this, you know, bringing these young men here, coming off the draft and last year's pick of McGrory in particular, um, <laughs> very much needed, but a great time. And uh, it was hard not to feel a really good vibe around pretty much everything going on today. Rucker McGrory is, he's the life of the party. And um, I know you had to get going, uh, but when we were in the room after, um, that, that room felt like a, a bit of a frat house. And Rucker was the, uh, he was the leader that at one point, him and Colby Barlow, who I, I think there's a buddy comedy in the making with those two Huss. They were they were inseparable. Um, they were doing some kind of like push up contest. Uh, I think Jets Jets socials there were were filming something. They were both down on the ground doing push ups. Um, it, it was something to be seen. And Rucker McGroarty, I mean, our interview with him. Uh, I'm sure you'll you'll probably play some of the clips of it, but 
he is he is unique to say the least um and you know he he he's got a magnetic sort of personality we saw it on the ice uh at one point today he goes bar down on uh, logan neaton a, a jets goalie prospect a beautiful shot and he let uh, not only every other player on the ice know that he had scored but all the fans that were in the building he's just you know and then watching him come off the ice like he stayed out there forever posing for pictures with kids and adults signing autographs oh, like it was rock star it was rock star treatment and, and the thing is and listen, I, I mean, I, I don't want to disparage other players that have come through, but so often I find that these players are put on a pedestal so high as junior players, they right. almost come in with a, it's almost like they've been programmed to avoid that sort of thing. Yeah. And this dude is an absolute 180 from that. I mean, he obviously had to go and get his skates off, but he was more than happy to flash that smile in groups of three and four. I mean, there were so many kids doing it. And, I mean, he would take two steps, do another one, two more steps, do another one, and and legitimately seemed to be enjoying every second of it. Yeah, at one point, he had, it reminded me of, uh, if you've seen the movie uh, Step Brothers, uh, he, he said something to the effect of, we're all going to be best friends here. Uh, and he was talking about kind of the whole prospect pool. And you really believed him. Like if Rucker McGrory, if he's kind of the event planner, um, he's going to make sure you're included. He's going to make sure you feel a part of what's going on. And, you know, he's a guy from everything we've heard from the day he was drafted, obviously through the past year, <clears throat> he's, he's a natural leader. Um, he, he, you know, he plays the game obviously in a, in a very profound and dynamic way. Um, you you kind of can't help but but watch him when he's on the ice. And, you know, I dare say, Huss, just after seeing one morning of development camp, there's going to be a lot of Winnipeg Jets McGrory jerseys uh, that are going to get moved in the next few years here as he eventually turns pro and likely becomes a very big piece of what the Jets are trying to build. But, you know, we also saw Colby Barlow today, who's pretty much cut from the same cloth. And, you know, we talked to Dominic Ivanchidis, uh, like another guy who just oozes positivity. By the way, I didn't realize this. Dominic Ivanchidis told me him and Colby Barlow went to high school together. Um, and, you know, they're good friends going back years. Like there is there's all kinds of connections and bonds that seem to have already formed. And you really get the sense, and you know, I, I know a lot of folks saw the Jimmy Roy speech yesterday, the, the great speech that he gave these kids. Um, those weren't just cliches. Like, you really get the sense that there is kind of something special with this next wave. And a lot of these kids, they are going to become best friends. They're going to become teammates and future leaders for the next kind of core of the Winnipeg Jets. And it's kind of cool after a few years with, with COVID and the pandemic that we're kind of getting to see this now in a very public way. Um, you know, today was kind of a reminder of what we've missed. And I think if you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, and there were a lot of them down there uh, at the rink today, you got to be impressed by what you saw. Well, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I mean, listen, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that what we're seeing there is 
it's in stark contrast to what we've seen at times with the big club. And, you know, I think this dates back because these aren't new conversations that we've had. I mean, this has sort of been something that in a lot of ways has been festering post the 2019 season. And then COVID, I mean, everything was just so weird for a couple of years, but I, I mean, I think I said this on the program after McGrory was picked and we got to hear and learn more about him last year that it was quite clear that the Winnipeg Jets, from an organizational standpoint, had sort of, um, I think, made some decisions based on, listen, obviously you want to get good players. When you're using high picks, I mean, you have to have guys that can come in and play. But I honestly think that they have, uh, in some ways, realized some things that held this team and organization back and have been targeting those sort of young men and um yeah. And in the past, I mean, the Jets, let's face it, I mean, earlier on in the in the time here, it was a very closed house organization trying not to get much out. We saw a big turnaround in that with what they've been doing social media-wise, dating back even prior to last season. But, I mean, having those cameras around and showing off these young players and their personalities, it is legitimately exciting for Winnipeg Jet fans, and it should be, especially considering, I think, what most people feel about some of the way things have gone over the past number of years in the with the big club. Yeah, there was um, a bit of a dark cloud in a way that kind of has been hanging over maybe parts of the organization, and it feels like there's a lot of sunshine and rainbows now, uh, at least in the future. And, you know, Huss, it's... We've talked about a few of the players. I I saw today a guy like Brad Lambert, just a little anecdote here. So Brad Lambert, he wasn't requested by media today. Nobody asked to talk to him. Uh, But Brad Lambert came in the room while the interviews were going on and just started, he struck up conversations with a few of us who were standing around. Just talking about a bunch of things, golf. um, And, you know, to me, like I, I saw Brad Lambert a year ago. And what I saw today was a kid who's much more relaxed, feels way more comfortable in his own skin, comfortable in what's around him. And I think a big part of that is, you know, what the Jets are trying to build here. And so you see it. And, you know, even a guy like Zach Naring, the the kid from Minot with the Manitoba connections, his grandparents live here. His mom was originally from here. He's the one non-Canadian the Jets drafted last week. Uh, He might be the most Canadian of them all, though, in terms of the connections. And so you just get the sense there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of players who legitimately are thrilled to be here. And they're thrilled to be Winnipeg Jets. Um, And that's something I think we would all agree hasn't always been the case. Um, There's a lot of people that treating this just like a job some might even say a chore in some ways and so I think if the Jets you know they're trying to obviously build a winner they're trying to build a Stanley Cup champion but a big part of that is to create an environment that is one of positivity and to have players that want to be here that want to be around each other and so I think if you look at the way the last few drafts have, have shaken out and kind of what the future is, there, there's a real good sense of that right now in the organization. And it's got to be exciting, certainly to fans. And I know management is very excited by what they're seeing. Well, it, it, they they are and they should be. Um, and I think the team's done a great job of um, 
getting, you know, talented young players that are embracing the opportunity to, win, to be Winnipeg Jets. And listen, it's a privilege to play in the National Hockey League anywhere. I don't want to get too much into this, but I did really feel like certain culture carriers of the Winnipeg Jets made it feel like, you know, they were doing everyone a favor by playing in this market. And, um, you know, I mean, that, that's not good for anybody involved. And frankly, it's not good for those players either. But no. for whatever reason, it sort of went down that way. Which brings me to Mark Shifley's situation. And listen, maybe this is harsh, but I said this yesterday on the program. And I mean, I do believe it and I'll stand by it. Guy's an incredible player, as offensively talented as anybody on the club at 42 goals last year, six previous point of game se- se- seasons before. But with the way that Shifley's Shifley has um, progressed as a player, sort of seemingly soured on a number of things. I'll be honest, I don't want these young guys anywhere near that guy. Um, And again, maybe that's harsh and maybe that's unfair. And who knows, if he's still around, which I think is now a possibility as we're hearing, you can only hope that maybe there's a... uh, a revelation or something like that that gets Mark back to the guy that we saw early on in his career. Um, But considering the great vibes of these young players, and again, most of them, if not all of them, won't be Winnipeg Jets this year. Right. Where are you at and what do you make of the situation for Shike? Because, uh, Mike, I talked and asked just about everybody that I saw that would be in the know at the draft in Nashville about Shifley's situation. And how can a guy that, you know, scored the way that he is, how can there not be more of a market for him? Yeah. And, I mean, listen, I think legitimately his reputation's taken a little bit of a hit as a team player. Um, the connection with Adam Oates, uh, I think, sort of <clears throat> scares some teams off that they don't necessarily want to deal with that. And I also think that, I've certainly I was told by a number of people that there is a perception, fair or unfair, that with the change in uh, representation, that the ask for Mark Shifley when he gets an extension is going to be something that most team most teams don't want to stomach or aren't prepared to do. Um, w- w- Post draft, we're now into July. Yeah. He's still a Winnipeg Jet. W- from your perspective, what is this situation with Mark? How does it go from there? And um, do you think it is resolved with him not being a Jet at the start of training camp? And if not, how do they proceed going forward in a contract year? Yeah, so, you know, a lot to unpack there for sure. Let me start with this. Um, Mark Shifley has not always been, dare I say, a sour individual. In fact, Mark Shifley, in a lot of ways, used to be the kind. some of these kids that we just saw today. Absolutely. Filled with excitement and joy. Thrilled to be the Winnipeg Jets' first ever draft pick. Um, willing to take on whatever role, you know, when he got sent back to junior um, after a really impressive first training camp, you know, to put the work in to to build his game. And again, you don't have to look back all that far. I know 2018 seems like maybe a long time ago, but the Mark Shifley that carried the Winnipeg Jets in that second round against the Nashville Predators, you know, with one of the, the, best individual playoff performances we've probably seen in in certainly Jets history. Like, uh, is that player still there? He's got to be there somewhere, right? Beneath kind of all that's built up in in recent years. 
So I don't know the answer to it. Is with Blake Wheeler now being gone, with Pierre-Luc Dubois being gone, is Mark Scheifele potentially a, a different person this year? Is he somebody that is is much more comfortable to be around, a better teammate, a more coachable player? I don't know the answer to that. And part of that is because this is a bit of sort of uncharted territory. Are the Winnipeg Jets hoping and dare I even say banking on Mark Shifley maybe being a different person? Um, certainly if they keep him around because they either don't like what is being offered in a potential trade or they can't find a potential trade partner or they've actually decided that they'd prefer to keep him at least in the short term. Um, certainly the Jets would be banking on that because you're right, Haas, what they what they can't have happen again is some of the things we saw play out kind of from February through to the, the playoffs with Mark Shifley, where Rick Bonus was apoplectic at times with what he was seeing or not seeing from one of the team's most important players. And then almost just as alarming Huss would be the impact that that has on other players who see things that maybe Mark Shifley is getting away with or the way he's handling himself. And it, it just has kind of, you know, it spreads throughout the team. So I agree with you in the sense that the longer we go here and the more into summer we go, um, the greater the chance is that Mark Shifley is on the opening night roster for the Winnipeg Jets. Does that mean that they go the Andrew Kopp route with Shifley? And maybe they think that at this point they could get as much, if not maybe more for him at the trade deadline than they would right now. Um, you know, where a team doesn't have to take his whole contract on and certainly a team would be more in a position of knowing whether they're really going for it. I mean, look, Andrew Kopp brought a pretty nice haul back for the Winnipeg Jets. Mark Scheifele, you'd think, could potentially bring an even better haul. And and Kopp didn't sign with the team that traded for him. Um, you know, he was just a rental, a pure rental for the Rangers. So is that now maybe the new plan? But then if you're the Jets, well, what do you do? What if you're in a playoff spot at the trade deadline? Are you trading your number one center? Um, you know, and, and we could have the same discussion in a way about Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know, I, I just think it, it's a situation that is obviously very complex. Um, salary cap, you know, a lot of teams are right at the ceiling. A lot of teams are well beyond the ceiling right now. So they'd have to maybe make another move to make, room for Mark Shifley. I just don't know that this resolves itself anytime soon. And I'm certainly leaning more and more towards the possibility that Mark Shifley is a Winnipeg Jet at the start of next season. Well, and that brings, uh, I don't know, I guess, I mean, really the only one guy that can answer this question is, is, is Mark himself. And the question, you know, will really be answered by actions more than words. Um, he should be motivated, Huss. He's playing for his next contract. Well, and, and even if it's not for the Jets, even if they bring him back and he's not going to sign here long term, he, he's got to be on his best behavior, right? If you want a team to invest, if, if he wants the kind of number that we think he probably wants, he better be showing that he's more than just a 
a, um, a, a one-way kind of player. Like he better show that, hey, I'm the kind of guy that you can really invest in and build a winner around. Well, listen, that's best case scenario and really buying into the team. However, based on what I've seen for the last number of years, turn around the club and a guy that, you know, has been very focused on personal goals and achievements if you thought that he was selfish and putting the team second before, how's that going to work out when he's playing for his next contract in the final year? Like, I'm not sure that changes right away. And as I said, I want to sit here and say that it's impossible because it's not. But, man, you want to talk about a job for Rick Bonus? Uh, Rick Bonus, who I'm sure, uh, I mean, even if the team was less talented, uh, would probably, I'd imagine if you pump some truth serum into him, would prefer to come to training camp with a very different looking team and a different looking locker room, yeah. enable players that will embrace what he is trying to get out of his team, not just the individual player and move forward from that. And you know what? And listen, this is just me again speaking and I've got a different perspective than most of you guys in the media. I just want the team to do well. I'm less concerned about this season itself and potentially winning a Stanley cup than showing to every fan that supports this team that so some of the ones that have lost, that have soured on the group, that this organization has recognized what held them back in the past and are moving forward in a direction that people can be proud of, they can be excited of, they can go to the rink knowing that every single guy that's wearing that jersey is pulling on the same rope to get the best results for them and their team and it's not really about individuals. It's not about one particular contract. It's not about that. And and I think that's the best. I really do believe that that is in the best interest of all parties involved, even if the team might take a little bit of a step right. back in the standings next year. Because this isn't just about one year. That's a big reason why we're spending so much time talking about these young players that are in development camp right now. Well, for sure. And, I mean, you look at what they did with Blake Wheeler, that – we, we know Huss, you know as well as I do, that would not have been an easy decision for True North because of the way we know that that organization operates. They are loyal sometimes to a fault. And cutting the cord with Blake Wheeler, even though I think everybody agreed that was the best move, I think a lot of us still wondered, but are they really going to do it? Because that's not necessarily their way. Now, to their credit, they did. Um, but some would suggest, you're suggesting, I know, that the job isn't entirely done if they really want to turn the page, if they really want to change the culture, it's got to be more than just getting Blake Wheeler out of there. And I think what we would all agree was a pretty disgruntled Pierre-Luc Dubois who wasn't here for the long run. There's another move that has to be made, and that would be Mark Shifley. Connor Hellebuck is in a very different situation, Huss. Connor Hellebuck, we know what we're always what you're going to get from Connor Hellebuck. There's no concern that this is a guy. Um, I mean, you want him to go into business for himself. It'd be great for the Jets. The better Connor Hellebuck plays, like the there's no way he can't sabotage the team in any way. Um, and a, a motivated, we know a motivated chip on his shoulder kind of Connor Hellebuck is often the best Connor Hellebuck. So there's no concerns about that. 
about what it would do to the room if you bring Hellebuck back. But certainly the, as you've laid out, there's got to be some concern about what kind of Mark Shifley you'd be getting back if you bring him back and what impact will that have on the rest of what you're trying to build. Um, I, I suspect there's been some good, well, we know Kevin Shoveldayoff, he told us the other day that he's had chats with Mark Shifley and obviously his camp. Um, we don't know exactly what's been said in those conversations. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I got to think that, uh, that, that they've got to find a way to get all on the same page. If, if they're going to try and make this work at least for a little while longer, everybody be better be on the same page. And if they're not, there's no way you can even consider um, running it back with Mark Shifley regardless, as you say, of what the short-term cost or pain might be, you almost have to look at it as, as, as addition by subtraction if, if you're not going to get a fully invested Mark Shifley. Well, I mean, let's, let's face it. I mean, that's what they did with Blake Wheeler. I, I mean, like, I know people have lots of takes on Blake. Uh, it wasn't production-related. No, for a guy at that point, if you told me that he was going to come through with fifty-five points last year, like a couple of years ago, at that point in his contract, I would have said, "Listen, obviously it's not eight and a quarter million dollars worth," but you knew that that wasn't going to be the case when, you know, when that deal was signed. Sure, um, but I mean, they a, did. He was They're still paying... nearly a point a game player. He missed almost a month with his uh, his ruptured testicle and still put up 55 points. Yes, as Remus said, he paid the ultimate the ultimate sacrifice. Um but I mean in honesty, I mean it is the most glaring I'd say admission and acknowledgement yeah. that change was needed and that they are going to be paying Blake Wheeler five and a half million dollars over the next two years right to, to play, play for the New York Rangers. Yeah. Um so I mean it, it, it is that and I mean listen Blake, I thought he had a classy message on the way out. I think there was a realization on both sides that this was the best thing and kudos to everyone for the way that it's handled. But the fact that it happened, if anyone was wondering, like if anyone said, oh, I've heard all this stuff, I, is that real? follow the money, folks. Right. And there's five and a half million going out of Winnipeg right now to get that change. And I, I firmly believe, like, people want to say it was all Blake Wheeler, uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, and as I said, you know, you also wonder that if that void in the locker room is there, including a Mark Shifley, what sort of opportunity does that provide for the guys that are left over that I think they really want to be part of a core that continues well into this next generation of Jets that we're seeing at the Iceplex this week? turning into regular Winnipeg Jets with some of the guys in the locker room still being there and being big contributors. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what you just laid out and what we've been discussing here, I have no doubt at all that uh, it's been discussed in even greater detail within the, the confines of, uh, of true North's uh, brain trust uh, management. And there's got to be a bit of a, a weighing of, you know, pros and cons here. If we keep them, What's potentially the cost? And I'm not talking about his his contract, um, you know, uh, because Mark Shifley, for all his faults, is still a, a pretty prolific point producer, goal scorer. And that's why I think, Huss, to your earlier point, maybe it is a bit surprising that there's not a more robust market 
because guys that can fill the net like Mark Scheifele, they're not always available on the trade market. Um, and yet here we are. And, you know, at a very reasonable price, certainly for this coming season, uh, very reasonable in terms of what you're likely to get from him in terms of the, uh, you know, the final stats. But it's because there's that baggage. There's there's issues that, you know, people have seen and observed and heard about. Um, and right now in a tight cap league uh, where a lot of teams are tapped out, um, there clearly is not a huge market. There's not people banging down the door, uh, you know, demanding Mark Shifley and, and throwing all kinds of things Winnipeg's way. So did the Jets wait it out? Um, how much can they afford to wait it out? Uh, and are we just talking about the rest of this summer or again, going into the fall, going into next season? Um, you know, I just think I felt like the shoe would have dropped at this point on him, it hasn't. Does that mean it won't? No, but it certainly reduces the likelihood that it will. And uh, it will be a very interesting dynamic for sure, um, you know, should that come to fruition. And, and you know, we'll, we'll have to wait a couple more months. T- things can change, obviously, in a hurry. Right now, though, it doesn't seem like the Jets are in a hurry to move him. Yeah, uh, uh, listen, I, I think that if the offers were there, that would be a very different story. Sure. And, and, and listen, for all the talk about you know, a potential extension to one of those two players. I, I'll, I'll go on the record right now. I will be absolutely flabbergasted and stunned if there's an extension for Mark Shifley in Winnipeg. Whether he's here in training camp, that's another right. story because I think that speaks to still a very valuable asset. And I'll say this for, for from his perspective, and I know it sounds like I've been really negative on it, and that's probably true. However... I can't think of a guy that considering his situation might benefit from a change of scenery more than Mark, because, you know, if he does, let's just say he was acquired by the Boston Bruins, a team, um, you know, that, you know, has the coach of the year that just had this incredible season will have some big voids in their locker room going forward. He's not going to be going in and going to be a guy. They're slapping an A on the chest right away. I I would think almost anywhere. There'll be an element of prove it. And that might take a little bit away from the return of the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think there's an extension coming with any trade of Mark Shifley. But at the same point, I think going to a team like that where he can sort of fit in, just be as good of a player as possible, I think that would do wonders for him um, in any sort of reputation, recuperation that he might need in the eyes of other people in the hockey world. Um, And also maybe to free him a little bit of a burden that, you know, certainly seem to have been there along with Blake for that last little while. Obviously, this is something we'll be able to talk about for plenty of time throughout the uh, the summer as long as things are unresolved. Just before we go, um, I did want to ask you, I know you've been on all the Zoom calls. Uh, what did you think? And I hope we're going to hear from Alex Iafallo a little later on, but uh, Gabe Velarde, but particularly Iafallo and Lauren Brassois who interestingly came back in free agency and met the media yesterday. I think there were some questions about Iafalo. Everyone knew, obviously, he absolutely loved it in Southern California. Oh, yeah. um, but he certainly seemed to uh, seemed to embrace this opportunity and uh, has come to grips with the trade and um, was pretty impressive with what he had to say to uh, fans of the Winnipeg Jets when he met the media yesterday. He was, and and you know, I, I was really interested to hear from Alex Iafallo because 
probably like you, Huss. Uh, I had heard last week that um, may have been less than enthralled at news that he was getting traded uh, to Winnipeg. I, I spoke to somebody connected with the Kings last week. Um, Alex Iafalo loves this, and who wouldn't love the Southern California lifestyle? But he's a guy, from everything I understand, like it, it's really good for kind of his mind and body and soul. Uh, I think he may have even recently bought a new place. He loves to surf. Um, and, you know, we heard yesterday he is a very avid outdoorsman. In fact, he was camping when he found out, camping in the mountains when he found out. But, you know, first of all, Kevin Chevalier told us on Saturday that upon talking to Alex Iofalo, one of the first things he said is, uh, I'm going to help bring a Stanley Cup to Winnipeg. So when I heard that, I thought, well, that's encouraging. That doesn't sound like somebody who's, you know, angry or balking at, at, at being traded to Winnipeg. But then you think, okay, well, is that just the GM kind of, you know, shining this up a little bit? But then to hear from Alex Iofalo yesterday, certainly seems like the genuine article that, that you know, he, he really is excited. Sure, it's going to be a bit of a culture shock. I guess it helps in a way for him, Huss. He's familiar with this region. He played for the Fargo Force of the USHL two seasons. Then he spent four years at Minnesota Duluth. He knows Neil Pionk. They were teammates, Dominic Toninato. He played youth hockey with Mark Shifley. Like there's some connections there. And and I think this helps as well. He's coming over with Gabe Velarde and, and Rasmus Kapari. So he's not, it's not like he's the one guy that got cast aside by the Kings. He's coming over with two teammates. And, you know, given everything we know about the way he was used last year in Los Angeles, like there were times where he was relegated to a bottom six role. Maybe he finds himself in that role in Winnipeg, but I, I would suspect, Huss, he's going to be given a lot of opportunity with the Jets to maybe take on a, a bigger role than the Kings were going to have in mind for him. And sure, a lot of hockey players, they they put a lot of stock in where they're playing, where they're living. It's a reason why the Jets are on a lot of no trade list. The fact of the matter is, though, most hockey players, um, they want to they produce, they want to win, going to get his money no matter where he's playing. And so I, I get the sense that, you know, from what he's now heard from the general manager some of his new teammates he's talked to. There really is excitement uh, from Alex Iafalo, and that's a good thing. Uh, because if the Jets can get, you know, if they, if Gabe Velarde can be the player that a lot of people think he can be, if Alex Iafalo can continue to be a very reliable, consistent kind of top nine forward, and then if you can get something out of Rasmus Kapari, in addition to the second round draft pick you're going to get, courtesy of LA via the Habs next year, which is almost probably going to be more like a late first round pick. There's a chance for, you know, the Jets, and and this was a trade we thought they might be boxed into a corner in to really turn this into something positive. Uh, so Ayafalo is is a big part of that trade. And certainly what we heard yesterday was encouraging. And Lauren Brassois, um, you know, he mentioned potentially more opportunity. And I couldn't help but wonder if in the back of his mind, he's wondering what a lot of us are wondering, what's going on with Connor Hellebuck? 
Um, is there a chance in Lauren Brassois's mind that he's thinking, I might be the starter or a 1A, 1B, depending on how things shake out over the next couple months? I think the answer to that is yes. How could sure. it not be? Sure. So, you know, we know he's got a great friendship with with Connor Hellebuck. And if it if he is if it is a job share situation with Hellebuck as it was for three years, we know the they get along really well. They have the same agent, the same offseason trainer. They're good friends. And, you know, I suspect because Lauren Brassois in the Jets' eyes is a much more reliable goaltender now than when he was here the first time, that he probably would get some additional starts um, that we're not going to see a, a 70 game slate for Connor Hellebuck. But I think what also probably attracted him to Winnipeg is that wild card that, hey, Connor Hellebuck might get traded. And if he does, um, as he said to us yesterday, he believes he can be not only a starting goalie in the NHL, he believes that he can be one of the best starting goalies in the NHL. And so I don't think he would have signed with the Jets if he thought he was going to get a dozen starts next year. He sees an opportunity. And, you know, one thing we know about Lauren Brassois, he's very motivated. Um, we obviously saw what he did down the stretch with Vegas and in that first round of the playoffs. I think it was a great signing for the Jets, and he's going to come in with the right attitude, no question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it... <laughs> No shortage of things for us to talk about, even now into the quote-unquote dog days of right. summer. Mike, this has been uh, been awesome. I wanted to talk a little Bombers with you, but I know I've kept you long. But uh, very quickly, what do you expect from the uh, blue and gold come Friday night when the Stamps come to town, coming off that strong defensive performance in the uh, holding the Alouettes to three? That was, uh, that was dynamic, especially after, you know, what, what the BC Lions had kind of done which very few teams have done to the Bombers in, in the number of years, kind of make them look mortal. And, you know, w- what happened there, obviously, is the Bombers, like, they took a big shot from the BC Lions, and they picked themselves up and dusted themselves off and kind of sent another message of their own. Um, so I, I don't expect to see a Bomber team now, you know, take the foot off the gas again. Not that they did that necessarily against BC, but look, when when you've had so much success and everybody's kind of bringing their best because they know they have to be at their best to have a chance against you, it's not shocking that the Bombers maybe had a, a bit of an egg laying, but I dare say the chances of that happening twice in three weeks are pretty slim. I suspect the Bombers... You know they're one and one on their home field. They're they're going to want to come out and avenge the last time they were at IG Field, which didn't go very well. Uh, so I suspect we're going to see a, another really solid outing from uh, from the blue and gold. And you know it's it's shaping up to be a really interesting season here. Is it a three horse race? You know BC comes in, they really dominate the Bombers, but then they go and get dominated by the Argos. Uh, the defending champs that maybe a lot of people are overlooking. I think one early thing we can say, Haas, is it would appear that in some order, Winnipeg, Toronto, BC, um, they seem to be in a, in another tier. Uh, no doubt the Calgary Stampeders, who once were an absolute juggernaut, they would like to get back into that category. So I, you know, they're going to be coming to town this week, looking to to take a big shot at the 
at the juggernaut that is the Bombers. But I, I suspect Winnipeg is going to be ready. And it should make for a really good game. Um, but I, I certainly like the where the blue and gold are right now. Right on. Mike, listen, uh, awesome conversation today. Uh, really appreciate you jumping on with us. It was great to talk to you last week while everything was happening. And yes. uh, somehow I think we'll still be able to hit some of these same topics uh, next week and the week after, barring uh, any big significant move happening with the Winnipeg Jets. If that does happen, I think it might be a little ways away as uh, – they let things breathe a little bit yes. post that deadline. But I think right now, focus on uh, these young players that are here with development camp. You know how important that is to the organization. Uh, anyways, great stuff as always. Thanks for doing this. And I'm glad Piper could make her uh, return, especially as you say, Haas, it is the dog days of summer. Uh, so it's only fitting that uh, that she joined us. Uh, All right. Yep, for that one, I guess. Say. You did. <laughs> on a platter. Easy, dude. <laughs> we'll see you soon. There's right. Mike McIntyre of the uh, Winnipeg Free Press. Yes, of course, it is bomber time uh, Friday night uh, at IG Field. Of course, our friends at Princess Auto present the Princess Auto tailgate zone before every Winnipeg Blue Bomber game. Get out early, two hours before kickoff. 350 popping hot dogs. Great entertainment from DJ Finesse, the OB pregame show. $5 beers as well. Get there early and enjoy everything going on at the best pregame atmosphere in the CFL at the Princess Auto tailgate party. And, of course, shout out to Princess Auto. Check them out at two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Speaking of Bomber fans, I know Spicy Joe and the gang over at Consolidated Supply are big, big fans and supporters of the Blue and Gold. Well, they're also... The leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and new and used golf carts is the uh, exclusive club cart dealer in Manitoba. Thinking about that uh, dream putting green in the backyard, they got you covered for that. And, uh, of course, if you do have irrigation needs, they've been doing it for the golf course industry for uh, decades here in Manitoba. They can do it for you as well. Also have some other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options. And of course, they're also the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Whatever you need, Consolidated Supplies got you covered. Pop by and see them at their showroom open to the public at 1395 Niaqua Road East or find out more online at cte.ca. You know, I couldn't help but think when Mike was just mentioning about uh, Rucker McGrory's star power of uh, how many orders for McGrory jerseys Greg and the gang are going to get down at Royal Sports when we finally see him graduate to the National Hockey League and um, know what number he's going to be wearing. Well, in the meantime, we've got some new players, Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kapari, and who knows, maybe a couple more by the end of this summer. You know where to go to get geared up for your favorite player on the Winnipeg Jets. On any team, it's Royal Sports, Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest selection of licensed team gear from the home teams and teams around the world. And hey, if you're thinking about upping your bomber gear for the game on Friday, get on down to 750 Pemina Highway and um, check out tons of exclusives there that you will find at Royal that you won't find anywhere else. I've also got a ton of, uh, of stock that's there for you to make the most of this beautiful weather we've got during the Manitoba summer. Soccer, baseball, softball, tennis equipment, tons of disc golf gear, and a huge selection of bikes. There really is only one Royal Sports. It has to be seen to be believed. Pop by and see them at 750 Pemina Highway 
and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and a heads up on their world-famous tent sales with all those incredible deals under the tent. Uh, we had a great time yesterday with Celine from Boston Pizza, and I know a bunch of WSTers went out to BP Garden City yesterday for the Blue Jays watch party. <clears throat> and I got to give a shout out to uh, a three sixteener, Mike Wynn and son Zach. Zach was a big winner. I saw on a tweet last night, uh, nailing the OK Blue Jays song with a mic in his face. They got some great prizes, had an awesome time, and of course got to see a big win for the Blue Jays off that two-run bomb in the eighth by Vladdy Guerrero. Uh, if you're looking for the information for the event tonight, uh, it is at BP Henderson. That's where it's going down. And uh, you've got some, uh, everyone's going to get a couple of drinks from their sponsors. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll uh, let you know. Uh, by the way, I'd love to get some reports on the new beef and tojitos and the barbecue Korean sandwich and maybe that Berry Blizzard cocktail as well. But uh, you'll have a chance to win official Jays jerseys, hats, and more. And you can play the BP 50-50 contest to get your bills slashed in half. Opening pitch is at 7 p.m. Come early to make sure you've got a table. 1475 Henderson Highway is the event tonight. And then Celine and the gang will be at BP Birchwood tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me for the final night of this three-game series and the third official Blue Jays viewing party here in Winnipeg at our favorite Boston Pizzas. Um... Gold eyes were rained out yesterday. Just before we get to these clips, we're going to hear from Rucker McGrory right now. Um, but they're playing a double double header tonight, and then it's coming back home. New series starting on Friday. Andrew Collier is going to join us tomorrow, and I think tomorrow we will have details. We're just firming up the date. I think we've got it on uh, joining us for a Winnipeg Sports Talk night at the ballpark later on this month in July. In the meantime, get ready, make plans to get out for this upcoming homestand beginning on Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then another series heading into next week. Goldice.com for all your information on your favorite local nine. And uh, obviously, Craft Beer Corner's there. We got all our favorite little brown jug beers there, but there's nothing quite like the food at the ballpark as well. And we'll make the most of that on our WST night as well. All right, anyways, great conversation with Mike. Um, you know, we hit a number of the topics pertinent right now, but also, you know, uh, it was great to hear from, you know, him on Rucker McGrory, who everyone I think wanted to hear from this week. And Rucker did speak after the uh, practice today. And here's a little bit of it. Um, um, here's Rucker McGrory on uh, team building early in this uh, development camp. His first time here as part of the Jets in Winnipeg. You know what? Honestly, it's like just... Walking around, going to dinners, having fun. I mean, just because, I mean, if you do that stuff, like this is a lot of our first time in the, in the city. So uh, if you're doing, I mean, that's awesome. Like with the team, but like we're all kind of just like walking around, wandering around, just getting to know the city and uh, just cracking jokes, hanging out. I mean, we got a bunch of characters. So uh, the, the team building definitely is not a problem. Not too, you haven't had too much time yet, but any Winnipeg highlights thus far for you? What do you, uh, I mean, seeing the rink for the first time was definitely definitely really cool. Uh, getting the whole lowdown on uh, True North, I mean, that's awesome story. I mean, uh, those guys are unbelievable and what they've done for the community. 
Uh, I mean, the whole thing's just been awesome so far, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out here for the next three, four days, five days. All right, so there's uh, Rucker McGrory in his first few days in the peg with uh, his new potential teammates in the future. Rucker also talked about uh, last season, his first as a member of the Michigan Wolverines. Rucker, we were just talking to Jimmy Roy about your season last year. He said he felt as the year went on, you got more and more comfortable kind of with your role. And um, how would you assess how last year went and what are you kind of looking forward to going into this next season? Uh, yeah, I would say the same exact thing. I mean, uh, it was my first time living away from home. I mean, college, I did online school since sixth grade. I mean, uh, there was a lot of learning curves that first semester, and I feel like it definitely impacted my play on the ice. And then uh, I kind of got my feel back at World Juniors, was hanging out with a lot of close friends, got my confidence back. And then uh, second half, I feel like I really took off. I mean, that line, uh, Fantilli, Brindley, and I really, really had a great second half, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I kind of dialed in a little bit more on classes, really set in, got better grades. I mean, uh, it was honestly just, it was it was my first time, like, just, like, really being on my own, and I feel like uh, it was awesome for me, and, I mean, everybody has to grow up someday, and I feel like that was, that was awesome for me, and uh, I feel like next year I'm really going to hit the ground running. I feel like it's going to be a big year for us. I mean, losing Fantilli, definitely, I mean, he's a ball player, um, but he'll do great in Columbus, and, I feel like our team will do great. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. All right, a little bit more from uh, last year's first first rounder, Rucker McGrory, here, and uh, just one more from Rucker. He's uh, just talked about the talent in Winnipeg. We got a, we got a bunch of ball players. I mean, there's a lot of young talent, and uh, I feel like it's really cool because like we've gotten so close so far and kind of growing together and going through the growing pains together. I feel like that's going to be crucial and. Uh, we're going to be best friends one day. I mean, it's we're, it's just reality. I mean, so might as well start now, start hanging out, uh, laughing, having fun. So, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited. The future is definitely bright here. So, all right, pump me full of that Rucker McGrory energy, and uh, you know you can definitely have a great day, Remus. One thing I will say, I, I had to take note of his use of the term ball players to refer to. Hockey players and teammates in a uh, in a very complimentary way. I have a prediction: is that every 12, 13, 14 year old hockey player going into camp next year is going to start referring to uh, the guys as a bunch of ball players after uh, they heard Rucker do the same thing yeah. this week. I had never heard that. He's like Adam Fantilli. He's that kid. He's a ball player. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, he was set. You know, thirty third overall pick. I get it. And then you're like, okay, how about the Jets too? But you get the, oh man, we got a bunch of ball players in here. So uh, I thought ball player was reserved for uh, baseball, but I guess puck players doesn't work for hockey. Us and so sure, adapted for hockey. I'm into it. I'm I'm here for calling hockey players ball players because hockey that's a two syllable word. That's way too hard to say. Ball is one <laughs> syllable. Just rolls off the tongue. So, come on. Let's, I know it's a puck, but still, you can call it a ball player. I'm, I'm here for it. You know what? I'm just looking at all these all these comments, and, um, I mean, listen, I pretty much oh. uh, pretty <laughs> much echo most of these. Okay. Rutgers a unit, good kid. Man, this kid uses confidence. Mm -hmm. Hold me to this. He's going to be a good one. Uh, Patrick Gale, obviously toxic. Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. that was tongue firmly planted and cheap. Um, 
And then uh, um, let's see here. We need that energy from him. Get some of the uh, and it's anyways just a, a bunch and then, of um, and people are yeah. For D will prediction, Rutger hits a two run RBI in his first NHL game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Kevin Kowalik says all the kids are saying it, and we're just old, which is oh. which is possible. I've sl- <laughs> I'm slowly realizing how old oh, I am yeah. when I go Believe out me. more more hey. and more has more and more. Yeah, with- you've aged 15 years in the last three. Well, I got, to, yeah, I mean, I come home, I got like two <laughs> two kids now, so. Uh, By the way, thank you, thank you, Nicole J, for pointing out a truth. I think the Jets font on his shirt is the same as the font on Huss's hat from yesterday. No. If you missed Hatgate yesterday, absolutely it is. I mean that is that is the Jets font on the pro stuff from Fanatics, which now does all of it. So maybe now, maybe now you you can take back some of the online bullying that you did to me <laughs> for my hat yesterday that, on the show. A lot of time we were hat. I was talking with Paul Edmonds about it. He had uh, he had fun, but I you know you had a great point, Huss. I do want to say this that you put just innocently posted a picture of you golfing with Ken Weeb and others and you got hat shamed online on Twitter. However, that's not a represent you know representative of everyone's opinion. We did put out a poll on, you know, on the chat yesterday and this is at the end of yesterday's show if you missed it. You're going to want to if you're done tuning into the entire show, all the best stuff happens in the last 15 minutes. Everyone knows that. But the poll was Hustler's hat, yay or nay, and it was pretty even. So uh, maybe the hat shaming not warranted, but uh, I voted nay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Listen, let's get back to uh, – well, you know, listen, Dom DiVincentis spoke today, and he signed the ELC, had that amazing year uh, last year in the OHL as the goaltender of the year, Uh, came into development camp today and – Put a uh, put his signature on his first NHL contract. Here's uh, Dom Divincentis on uh, signing his ELC. Yeah, I mean, obviously that uh, that got pretty much done uh, last week. But I want where they want to wait to camp to uh, obviously see everyone in person, shake hands, and uh, I just wanted to wait here just to say thank you to them. Right. Yeah. What's that? What are the emotions like signing that contract? I, I guess kind of like something everybody dreams of, right? Absolutely, that's something you know I dreamed of as uh, dreamed of as a kid, and uh, you know it wouldn't be done without my family and without the support staff that I have uh, down in junior with the North Bay Battalion, and as well with the faith that Winnipeg Jets gave me. So, uh, like I said, it's something that I really honored and uh, don't take for granted. All right, so uh, we'll look forward to hopefully getting Dom on the show at some point, as well as a couple of these other young men that uh, were watching take part in development camp right now. But, of course, they got lots of activities. A pretty structured day right now. Um, but tomorrow, 9.45 a.m., if you don't want to come out and check out um, the prospects, they'll be back at it tomorrow at the Iceplex. Or, no, excuse me, the Scotia Bank Hockey for All Center uh, as its new name. And, by the way, Jimmy Roy, the, the Jimmy Roy bit, was um, it was a really, really good back and forth, and pretty much all the media were there. Um, we had the cameras out as well. We At the end of the program today, stick around. 
um, because we'll be basically going right to that. I guess, is that going to be like a premiere, Remus, so uh, yeah. people can still talk in the chat? It'll be, yeah, exactly. I've set it up so it's a YouTube premiere. He spoke for 12 minutes. We'll have the entire thing right after with the, uh, filmed it with, or recorded it with the WST camera, so... Uh, yes, yeah, our new WST camera is awesome. Any chance we can uh, put more footage up on that, we will do it. And, and it's, if you're it's way, in a way better place than the WST laptop. Is oh, right I, so I was talking <laughs> the WST laptop. I got it over there. Um, and if you're listening on podcast, yeah, just hop into our YouTube. You can watch the Jimmy Roy uh, in full. Just type in Winnipeg Sports Talk on YouTube and it'll it'll come up. But yeah, I was Hit talking that to- subscribe button while you're there. Yeah, and, uh, and everyone with us, give us a thumbs up if you wouldn't mind. Good vibes everywhere today on the mm-hmm. program. So uh, a few thumbs up would help uh, would help us. Yeah, I was talking to Scott Brown. I said to him, you know, thanks for the help. You guys, uh, you know, you're great to us uh, in Nashville. And he's like, yeah, it went pretty great for you guys, except for that whole laptop, hey? And I was like... <laughs> True. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was that was it. I was like, ah, shit. It's true. Well, you you know what? I mean, I, I think they all. I mean, obviously the jet. You know, they helped us out big time, as um, you know, they do. I think all the, the media, but I mean, not, even I bumped into Kevin Chevelday off and had a quick chat with him on a couple of things in the airport, and uh, he thanked us for being there as well. So I mean, they noticed it. It was uh, great to hear that, and. As I say, really looking forward to uh, the rest of this development camp and coming up next to, to the uh, upcoming season um, and also to get some clarity on some of the other big stories that have dom- been dominating the stores, uh, the uh, the stories here on this program. Um, listen, we will get to cool bet lines in a minute in our picks, but uh, let's hear from Alex Iafalo because he did speak yesterday. And as Mike mentioned, I think a lot of people were wondering how would Alex, you know, uh, react to the, the trade that, brought him from to Winnipeg from Los Angeles, where he obviously really liked it. Uh, here's what he had to say uh, on the trade uh, when meeting the media. Yeah, you know, um, it was definitely a big change. Um, I've never been traded before, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm super excited to, uh, to be a Jet. And, you know, I know a couple guys on the team already. So, um, you know, makes that adjustment easier. Um, obviously, Gabe, Gabe and Coop are coming with me. so. Um, you know, I'm excited. I've heard a lot of great things. All right. So there's Alex. I follow on the trade and, uh, here's on his convo with Kevin Chevel day off that, uh, Mike referenced when he jumped on the program earlier. Well, yeah, it was definitely good to talk to Chevy and, and to hear, you know, their insight about everything. Um, you know, especially, um, you know, they wanted me and, um, to get traded to a, to a great team, you know, organization like this and, and the fans involved, you know, um, you know, playing against Winnipeg going into there, you know, the fans are amazing and it's just a, it's a great atmosphere. So to be a part of that and, and to, uh, you know, your goal is to win the cup and win, win as many games as you can. So, you know, that's what I'm going to try to do and, um, you know, adjust as I can, you know, right away. All right. There's a little bit more from uh, one of the newest Winnipeg Jets, Alex Allen follow uh, here. This is interesting. And Mike mentioned he was sort of camping. Here's the Allen follow describing um where he was when he found out about a pretty big career change career move um yeah it was definitely wild just uh actually i was in the mountains in the eastern sierras when i got the call kind of crazy but you know i kind of i kind of heard over the few days that uh you know it was coming so i was kind of prepared with you know talking to family and stuff whatever but um, yeah, I was, I was actually in the mountains, unfortunately. 
I mean, that's that's quite a scene. So I guess my, my follow-up is like, when you get the call, what's your actual view in that moment? Are you on the side of the hill who's with you? What, is the, what does it look like? I was with my two buddies, yeah. We were camping a um, little past Yosemite, actually. And, you know, I told them about it. And, you know, we just kind of talked about things. And, um, you know, I was I was excited at the end of the conversation. You know, obviously, it's a big change in in your life. But, you know, to come to a great organization and, you know, to, to know people on the team and, you know, to have players that I've played with going with me, it's, it, it'll be a good experience. And, you know, I'm pumped to get there. Um, uh, Alex Iafalo now of the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, here's a little bit on uh, on more on Iafalo. I mean, he comes, I mean, anyone that's watched the Kings know, I mean, what a valuable 200-foot two-way player he was. Um, a guy that was able to score, I mean, double-digit goals in the last five seasons, but also a player that, you know, was um, given quite a bit of defensive responsibility as well. It all comes back to his work ethic. Iafalo discussed that yesterday with the media. Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know, just growing up playing hockey, um, you know, I had a lot of great coaches along the way and, and uh, you know, leaders. Um, obviously, I think it starts with my parents, uh, you know, just putting in, telling me to just work hard and, and everything works out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just try to to uh, to be a good example to, to everyone, I guess, on and off the ice and, um, you know, just try to work as, as hard as I can in every area of the game. So that's what I'm going to try to bring as a, as a Jet. Guy that, you know, already has 420 games under his belt as an undrafted player uh, coming off a, uh, a, you know, a real strong season. But uh, here's just one more from Alex Iafalo, one uh, a building on the season he had last year with the Kings. Just continue to, to play my game. Um, obviously, I want to get better every day. Obviously, uh, you know, it's summer, so working on, each and every area of the game, you know, defensively, offensively, I'm going to try to bring, you know, that same aspect and, and play, um, you know, whatever they ask me, I'll do, uh, do as best as I can. And, and I guess keep learning, you know, that's the biggest thing about this game. You just got to keep learning and, and keep growing as a, as a player. So there's Alex Iafallo who uh, spoke yesterday after our show, with the uh, Winnipeg media on a Zoom call. Actually, I think it was sort of during our show. Uh, we also got to hear a little bit of uh, Loren Brassois. And uh, Brassois, familiar face and voice to uh, many of us here in Winnipeg from his prior time with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but Brassois talked about signing with Winnipeg and uh, coming back to the peg after a time in Vegas. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a hectic couple of weeks, that's for sure. Um, you know, a first Stanley Cup in Vegas, obviously there's going to be a lot of celebrations. And and we soaked that up, and, and then before you know it, it's free agency, and then here we are. So it, it was definitely a quick turnaround. Um, but, you know, I'm very excited to to rejoin some some friends and in, in, in what I consider a second home in Winnipeg. All right, uh, and uh, a little bit more from uh, LB on the, uh, the decision process of um... – you know, coming back to Winnipeg and leaving the Vegas Golden Knights. There's, of course, always going to be, um, you know, an infinite amount of, of options. And uh, I mean, not you know, for me, there was, you know, a, a limited amount. But, um, you know, there were some options. And, and, and I felt the familiarity uh, coupled with the fact that we're retaining a lot of guys in Winnipeg. And, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit different than when I was there last time. And, uh, and that excited me. And, um and I, I just think there's a little bit more opportunity for me to, to you know, win starts and, and you know, be 
a bigger part than I was last time. So, um, you know, that, uh, those are, you know, big key points for me and, um, and yeah. Yeah. All right. That was something we talked about with Mike. I mean, certainly the potential and a serious potential that not just a few more starts, plenty more starts might be in the future here. If Connor Hellebuck isn't a Winnipeg Jets when we get to next season. Uh, here's one more uh, from Bassois and, uh, you know, being a Golden Knight, winning the cup and uh, building on from that, coming back to Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, I was a part of a team that won the Stanley Cup, but it definitely, the way it shook out, uh, it doesn't feel like that, you know, um, that craving's really been fully satisfied, um, you know, maybe partly, and it was a great experience, but I definitely, it just definitely made me hungrier for, you know, to be a bigger part uh, of another Stanley Cup win. And, um, you know, I, I would say from the beginning of this season was, like you said, a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, being back in the minors at the stage of my career was, um, you know, it took a little bit of getting used to and putting the ego aside and still trying to, um, you know, make the most of my time down there. Um, you know, I was proud of the way I handled that. And then by the time I got up and had some success and then, you know, a small injury and then some success and then another, it was by the last injury, it just felt like, um, you know, I had, you know, I was already kind of battle tested mentally. So it wasn't, it didn't feel any different or, you know, it wasn't, you know, didn't break me or anything like that. So I was pretty happy with the development of my mental game, I would say this past year. You know, and, and there's one other. I've got this from uh, from Clip and Carter Brooks, who was the uh, Winnipeg correspondent for the Hockey News, asked uh, uh, you know a question about what he learned from the Knights' dressing room and team, uh, and that he'll bring back to the to the Jets amid some personnel changes this off season. Of course, you know, really wanting to move forward with probably a better team chemistry, if, if you will, for lack of a better term. Here's what Bruce had to say. <clears throat> I don't think you want to overly try to take what happened to one team and copy and paste that to another. Each team has to find their own identity, but I'd say you can take pieces. The one piece that was unique was Vegas <clears throat> was how many guys, their core guys were part of that expansion draft. So they have a very selfless uh, way. They're not a very cocky bunch. Everyone kind of felt like they were unwanted in their previous organizations. And all of a sudden they built a core group that leaked downhill to everyone else. It was a very team-like atmosphere. There was no drama. Everyone would come to the rink and do what they needed to do. They would practice hard, joke around, but there wasn't any extra stuff that was distracting ever. And throughout the year, guys got closer and closer. Guys went to battle for one another. That's why you have that team blocking so many shots. Guys aren't willing to do that unless they like each other. And... Uh, an interesting, interesting quote, because listen, I mean, people, I know there's a lot of people that can't stand Vegas for winning the cup in such a short period of time, but Reem, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, there's a lot to like about that team, about what they built together, certainly about the results that they had, um, but also the way that they really did forge uh, a team identity and won as a team with... I mean, I don't remember a lot of times where it came down to, you know, a team winning the cup, and there were so many guys that were legitimate candidates for the Conn Smythe Trophy. And that, sp that spoke to, at least to me, um, to what Vegas was able to do as a team with everyone pulling on the same rope. And I think that's something that everyone would agree the Winnipeg Jets uh, would certainly benefit from. Yeah, I don't know if this was a distraction, but it always gets pointed out last year how the Jets slide kind of started in January when 
they visited Montreal. And, uh, you know, there was so much talk about Montreal, you know, last summer. And Pierre-Luc Dubois that morning had his charity in Montreal. And I think maybe at that point, it just became so clear that he had one foot out the door. And I don't know if Lauren Brossois, I mean, he obviously wasn't on the Jets last year, but he, is that the type of stuff that he's rest, referencing? Like, there was no drama or extra stuff that was distracting ever. Like, I, I don't know what he's referencing, but you kind of look at last Jets season, and I, I feel like that, that road trip was kind of where, after that, they started getting away from what made them successful and, you know, where they got to first place in the first couple months of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, there's, uh, there, there's, uh, I mean, I thought Rick Bonus did so many good things that were so needed in the first couple months. And unfortunately, the team, for whatever reason, um, sort of got away from it in some ways. And listen, you know, there are some more than others. They recognized it. They've made one major change, and there potentially might be another one or two coming up. But uh, it, it's an interesting conversation to have, and it's an important one. And I think whatever for us having the conversation, that conversation needs to happen within the walls of the organization, the coaching room, as well as the players. And I think, you know, Lauren Brassois' experience with the Vegas Golden Knights and being part of that championship team can only be uh, can only be a positive. Hey, um, anyone going to Folk Fest this weekend? Check out our friends at Little Brown Jug. They're going to have a uh, big setup there, including their signature Folk Fest lager. Uh, you're going to need to mix in a few waters, but uh, if you are enjoying a few cold beers, uh, you're going to be able to get the best over at Folk Fest. Is a uh, Little Brown Jug a very proud sponsor of the uh, of the club? You'll also be able to pick it up on this Gold Eyes homestand coming up. My personal summer favorite, generic lager, along with the flagship 1919. And 1919 also available at Bomber Games now as Little Brown Jug's an official partner with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Available at the Poutinery locations and the uh, hometown favorites concessions on both the upper and lower bowls on both sides. Uh, if we're going to get ready for another great summer weekend, pop on down to Little Brown Jug. Check out that amazing patio Know what's golden this weekend. There's going to be a wedding there, uh, but they'll get back to it the following Saturday with great entertainment all day long and our favorite local beers from Little Brown Jug. Um, big shout out to our friends at Breezy. Uh, we're going to have a, a real exciting few weeks. Uh, Manitoba Amateurs coming up. I know everyone looking forward to seeing if Breezy's Braxton Coons can repeat as champion. That one's coming out at Oak Island. And uh, for those of you that are following the PGA Tour, it's the John Deere Classic this week. Not a very star-studded field. Uh, we just did our picks in the lock shop earlier today. Check those out. I'm feeling Canadian Adam Hadwin coming off a loss in a playoff that last week to Ricky Fowler along with Colin Morikawa. Of course, if you're thinking about a great long-term home for you and your family on the golf course, Breezy Bend is the place. Talk to Corey Johnson over at the course about getting on the waiting list for 2024. A couple new holes will be done by then, and I can tell you, Shout out to uh, the staff there. The course is absolutely mint right now. And uh, maybe the only thing better with our beautiful round on Sunday was the incredible meal we had afterwards at the at the course. Breezybend.ca for those of you that want to check it out online. And, of course, I got to give a uh, big shout out. I was talking with Paulie Edmonds today. Remo, Paul got to go fishing with the legend, Gussie, the last couple days. 
Yeah, jealous. Jeff Gustafson. I mean, that's like going out for hot dogs with Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Or <laughs> I said to him, uh, so did you catch anything? Almost like a dumb, dumb <laughs> question to ask if you're going fishing with Jeff Gustafson. He, uh, he did that. Um, but anyways, we're going to be getting out to uh, Aikens Lake coming up next month. If you're thinking about a world-class flying fishing destination, with a one-of-a-kind atmosphere and hospitality where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge is the place. Find out more online at akinslake.com or hit our pal Pitt Turan up on Twitter at Aikens Lake. Uh, booking well into 2024 right now, but there still may be a uh, opportunity to get out this year, although I know they're very busy. We're going to be out there in early August, and I can't not wait. Um, all right, let's... Uh, well, I guess we got to get to some horse picks today. I've been having trouble getting the site up, but I do have it up right now, mm-hmm. Reem. But before we do that, I'll kind of let you go first on the picks. But we do want to get to uh, the Cool Bet lines for our friends over at Cool Bet. Speaking of the lock shop tomorrow, Dusty, I know many of you were like, where the heck's Dusty? Uh, it just happened that all the games were in the East last week. So Marshall Ferguson did those. He's uh, making up for it this week, though. Three games he's doing Thursday in Saskatchewan, Friday here in Winnipeg, and then Sunday out in BC. And uh, we'll be doing our CFL pick show tomorrow on the Lock Shop. Today was the golf. As I mentioned, I like Adam Hadwin, 28-1 to to win the John Deere. Check out today's Lock Shop episode and head on over to Lock Shop Bets on YouTube and make sure to subscribe over there as well. Um, As far as the CFL lines right now, some pretty big ones. The Riders are seven-point favorites over the Elks for uh, the Thursday night game. The Bombers are eight-point favorites right now over the Calgary Stampeders in the game Friday night. Hamilton trying to get a win. Minus two and a half at home over the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then the Sunday game, six o'clock Winnipeg time. BC minus seven and a half over the Montreal Alouettes. Other things up. We got Brooke Henderson at the U.S. Women's Open. Wimbledon underway, both men's and women's action. Maybe we'll talk to John Horn next week, see how the Canadians are doing. Uh, you got some UFC. You got some lacrosse. You've got the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Shout out to Canada. Uh, they did not cover the two. Uh, they ended up pushing, but they got the 4-2 win over Cuba. We're going to have a tough matchup, though, going up against the United States. Um, states have plenty of their guys. We don't. But, hey, that's why they play the games. Canada will be a big underdog in that Gold Cup quarterfinal. It's all over there at CoolBet.com. Use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to uh, 200 bucks on your first deposit over at CoolBet by using the promo code WST. All right, Remo. Uh, it got a little chilly last night. Um, a little overcast, a little cool for a change. Uh, nicer today, going to be getting nicer tomorrow. It does look like a nice night, though, to get out to Assiniboia Downs. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I think I might need to go in person very soon, maybe tonight, because uh, my luck doing it remotely, not happening. I was, uh, I was, a, I was dismal yesterday. Just I was all around it, but didn't hit it. Did you, did you have, have any good results yesterday? Did you have any winners yesterday of like I don't the many? I, did. Yeah, I bet on every race. Oh, sorry. I got a uh, $4. Oh, that's pretty good. Better well, than zero. That's not that good. Better than, than zero, I guess. What about you? 
I had one horse got scratched, so I got my bet refunded, but I did pick one winner in race four. I bet $5 on Jaguar. Gold, what is it? Silver Jaguar. I bet $5, and it paid me eighteen fifty. So I didn't lose everything. Uh, I made about half back, a little more than half back. So I had a winner. I was pretty pumped, so I did better than you. Should be uh, patting myself on the back here. For that, that that's the key. That's the key thing. I mean, you want to beat me. We want to beat each other. I've got uh, so. Anyways, run down, run down what your what your picks you have right now. Okay, well, I think I have to add. I have to add a bunch. Uh, I think I have to add like five more dollars to these picks. But we'll just go through these race one. And there's a lot of heavy favorites tonight. I didn't like that race yeah, I one. Know. They're like like paying one. Like what is that? Like I don't I don't like Even that. Money. <laughs> so so I did an exacta on race one horse one three Tarawit and Stacey's kitten. There you go. There you go. Want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah. You can just keep going. I'm just banging out a couple here. Okay, race two. I got four to win. Dazzling gold. I feel like that's a frequent frequent one in there. These are all to win. Uh, race five dollars. Race three. I'm on Jambi. I don't know if that's. I think there's a Tool song named Jambi. I'm pretty sure. I'm on. <laughs> I'm on that one. I didn't bet on Jambi before, and I think it did well. So, I'm going back to Jambi. And this is another one with a big favorite. Um, I got adjournment to place here. Uh, adjournment. Okay. So got that one in race four, race five. I'm rocking to win. Oh, wait a sec. <laughs> Love that name. Wait wait a sec, Hus. I'm taking that horse in race five, race six. Uh, big, big one. Looking for kicks. Looking for kicks to win race six. Race seven, and I'm in on Know What I Mean-a. I like Know What I Mean-a. That's a good one, too. So That's a big one, too. That's a 10-horse race. Um, so there you go. I'm going with know what I mean. Explain to me how Kim's Texas bling can be 25 to one. I don't know. I saw that and was like, what's going on here? I saw that. I was confused. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with a trifecta in that one with Kim's Texas bling, which French race? Rose, uh, that's in race number five, a two, four, six triactor box. I was so confused that Kim's Texas Bling had those odds. How can it be that way? I don't know. Maybe moving up in a thing. Okay, the last race, there's a big one. We're going to go with looking for kicks. Looking for kicks, actually. Number eight, five to one open up right now. Although properly connected, looks like it's uh, looks like it's Brig. Maybe that and viral. Viral? Put it Is that viral? Like- is that like going viral online or like uh, having an illness? <laughs> I well, that, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> I've done a few triactors, and we'll do one more right now for this last one. Oh, know what I mean? for sure is getting in. Mm. You know what? We're gonna go with know what I mean? which is number two. Kick a little booty. Love that name. Yeah, that's a good one. And then we'll go the fate. Oh, actually, Cyclone Sorority is the favorite. Oh, we're going to leave that one out. Hopefully that'll mean for a big win. Um, So I've got that. And then my other transactions, uh, 
let's see we've got the uh, race number two three five six race number four one three six and number race five a two four six so swinging for some triactors see if i can maybe get one uh, get one in tonight um you can make some plans you're gonna hopefully get out there next week and some point in august we'll do another uh wst night but join us tomorrow andrew collier is going to join us and i think we'll let you know about our gold eyes group day where uh, everyone can come out they can get tickets on the site and uh I'll have a few down a craft beer corner, maybe have some pierogies or a barbecue bowl or a Goldie dog. There certainly will be plenty of eating and uh, take in a great Gold Ice baseball game with uh, the WST crew. So uh, join us tomorrow for that. Um, and again, Remo, we should mention to folks as we finish up the program to stay with us because you'll be able to continue in the chat and hear the entire scrum from Jimmy Roy, who... Um, uh, you know, had some really interesting uh, interesting stuff about what they're trying to do with the young players as they come to Winnipeg mostly for the first time, um, as well as what the players want to get out. And then was also asked some specific questions about a few of the more noteworthy prospects that uh, are coming here. Yeah, uh, that's starting up in a second. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, appreciate everyone who's tuned in today. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. We're closing in at 30 or 97, huh, Huss? The March to 10K yes. is on. Can we get there before September 1? And we've also got 186 likes. We've still got 350 or so in. If you can, give us that thumbs up before you leave uh, and before we turn it over so we can get to 200. Always our goal every day. We've got so many of you with us here in the chat. Really was nice. Highly recommended if you can get out there to uh, the development camp to see uh, the future of the Winnipeg Jets go at it. I believe they're going out the next few days, and I think Saturday is a day where they're going to do uh, sort of some controlled three-on-three, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, we'll clarify that for you tomorrow as far as the rest of the schedule. I think tomorrow will run very similar to today with on-ice sessions beginning at 9.45 a.m. So uh, get on out there and uh, and do that. Um, as I said, hit that thumbs up. 191. We're seeing it climb right now. We appreciate that. And um, great day to uh, talk a little bit more development camp and finish off the program by flicking over to the premiere of Jimmy Roy, the director of player development for the Winnipeg Jets, along with his uh, pal Mike Keane. And um, we were all there afterwards, uh, you know, getting a little bit more about the goals for this week, what he's seen from the players so far, um, and, you know, a lot of the philosophy of a development camp and what they're trying to instill in these young men. So um, huge thanks to Mike McIntyre for jumping on. If you join us late and you want to get fired up about Rutger and Colby Barlow, make sure to get back to the start of the show with, uh, with Shane Malloy, who... Um, I mean, Remo, we've had a lot of great draft guys on, but, I mean, Shane, if you ever heard Hockey Prospect Radio, he does it as well as uh, as anyone. He was on the draft floor, on the stage, actually, interviewing guys right after. He was one of the few people that talked to Colby Barlow after getting picked before we did, actually. Yeah, I mean, Shane, what is so much information. He's like, yeah, we did uh, two hours on each division. We could have done more. We could have done more. So, yeah, check out Hockey Prospect Radio here on YouTube or Sirius XM, wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Good stuff. All right, what are we at? We're at 197 right now? Yeah. Hook us up, folks. Can three more of you hit that thumbs up button and let us sleep at night? 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> being said, hey, honestly, a huge thanks to the sponsors that joined us. Mike McIntyre, it was an awesome conversation with Mike on a lot of Jets-related topics. Uh, we're going to be all over the Bombers uh, preparation for the blue and gold or for the uh, stamps on Friday in the next couple days. Uh, we'll get Murad on, we'll get Ken on, uh, and we'll continue the Jets conversations. Uh, huge thanks to everyone to join us today and uh, everyone that said hi today out at the Iceplex. Really, really like that. And thanks to all of you, bang. We got 200 and boom, it's 204, just like that. All right, listen, don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to finish this stream and send you over to uh, the debut, I guess, of the Jimmy Roy video, all of his question and answers with the media today, and you'll be able to continue the chat as well if you like it. Uh, from Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow at the Iceplex or the uh, Scotia Bank Hockey for All Center. But we'll definitely see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night, everyone. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 